Hey guys, brand new podcast, and I am on the tour bus. I don't know if you hear the hum of the tour bus. It puts you to sleep like a baby. Um, I am in Niagara Falls right now. I have had fantastic runs on the Body Shots World Tour. Portland, Seattle, Calgary, Vancouver. Amazing shows. Thank you so much for coming out. It literally, you'll never know how much it means to me. And then Toronto, Ottawa, Indy, and St. Louis. I mean... I'm so fucking thrilled with this tour. Right now we're headed to Albany. We're in Albany this week, then at Foxwoods, then at the at the Wilbur in Boston. Two shows Friday, two sh- or two shows Saturday, two shows Sunday, and then the week after that, I think we are in Durham, Charlotte, Atlanta, Orlando, and then Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, Vegas. Right? Am I right about this? And then New Orleans, Dallas, Austin. Uh, I'm sitting here with Cobra. He is uh, the tour manager, a.k.a. my assistant, a.k.a. Uh, the person I watch, Killer Mike, uh, Killer Mike's Trigger Warning. Killer Mike's Trigger Warning is one of my favorite fucking shows. It is so fucking good. It is so, so, so fucking good. So check it out on, on uh, Netflix. Killer Mike's Trigger Warnings, it's fucking amazing. But uh, So I, I won't keep you guys. We're going to go walk out to Niagara Falls. It's like uh, 10 o'clock at night. Hey, will you make me a cocktail? Um... Uh, I'm being, if, for those of you wondering, I'm being very healthy on this tour bus. Surprisingly, I do understand how people die on tour buses. That makes total sense. You can walk around; they know you're in here. Um, I do understand how tour buses can be bad for you, but if you use them to your advantage, not so much noise. Just kidding. If you use them to your advantage, I've been sleeping fantastic. I've been drinking a lot of beer, so I'm a little bloated. But I haven't been drinking hard liquor too, so much, except for tonight. And, uh, and we've been working out on the road, going, stopping at YMCA's or whatever gym is in the city. So uh, so if you guys got like a, a spin class or something and I'm coming to your city, hit me up on Twitter uh, and and let me know. Because I'd love to go do a spin class. I would love to do a fucking spin class. I didn't bring my spin shoes. But if you got like a soul cycle, um, I do feel like I am gaining weight. I know exactly how much I weigh, but because of one of my sponsors. <laughs> Speaking of sponsors... This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace hosts our website. Our website, burtburtburt.com, is uh, Leanne used Squarespace to do it. Now, my wife, Leanne, knows absolutely nothing about the Internet. She literally knows nothing about I tried to explain to her an Instagram post and tweet I wanted to put out, and she couldn't wrap her head around it, around the idea that it would be a third person. She literally was lost and it turned into a fight. However, this woman, who when I say knows nothing about the internet, built me a website and has increased my business tenfold. Uh, we've sold ten times more merch. We, my people have been coming to my shows ten times more. It's, and it's all because of this website. And it's all because my wife did it. You can create a beautiful website to turn your cool ideas, showcase your work, your blog, your publisher content, sell your products like my t-shirts, we're moving products. This website, go to burtburtburt.com and check it out. Leanne built all of that at Squarespace. Um, announce upcoming events like my tour date, like Body Shots World Tour, and much, much more. So if you're interested, check out Squarespace and go, if, you, if you're like, a, say you're um, a designer, say you're an artist. Ooh, I love artists. Say you're someone who likes good with Photoshop. And you want to do you do all the photoshops for like me and Tom and Ari when we do Sober October and Joe. Get, go to Squarespace, build yourself a website, and post them there. May, if you're going to do that, and then we'll go to your website because we love that shit. We'll pull it off and we'll post it. Start a business. 
If you have a business, like a, an actual business, I mean, oh, they're all actual, but like, like a hardcore business, meaning like you have a storefront, and then if you have an online business, you can use it there. It's super, super easy. The future is happening now, guys. Make it brighter with Squarespace. Creep, keep dreaming, but make this a reality. The websites at Squarespace are fucking awesome. Right now, go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code BERTCAST to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com, and use the promo code BERTCAST. Thank you, Squarespace. This podcast is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You know what's not smart? Going number two in a tour bus. You know what also isn't smart? Job boards that send you a mile-high stack of resumes to sort through. Or job boards that make you wait for the right people to apply to your job. You know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast to hire the right person. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to identify highly skilled people with the right education and experience and actively invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. If you love this show and you show your support right now and go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This podcast is also brought to you by Quip, the toothbrush that's stuck to the mirror on my tour bus. I absolutely love this toothbrush. What's great for me, what's, what's really great for me right now is in this tour bus where everything moves around, Quip is, obviously is a toothbrush for those of you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more into the read right now, but uh, it's a vi- vibrating toothbrush, electronic toothbrush that has a buzzer that goes off every 30 seconds so that you brush your teeth for two minutes. But what's great about it is it's got a cover and a holder. The holder is its cover. The cover is its holder. And that cover has a little sticking thing that sticks to the mirror. So on the tour bus where everything's moving around, especially tour, uh, toothbrushes, my toothbrush is in one place the entire time. It's time to have a healthy new year, and we know how to do it twice every day. That's oral health. Get a quip electronic toothbrush and stick to good habits. It's simple. The guide features are built-in support system. The guiding features are like built-in support system for better brushing. Sensitive sonic vibrations, because sometimes people brush too hard and some electronic toothbrushes are too abrasive. Built-in two-minute timer, that's 30 seconds on each quadrant of your mouth to have a cleaner mouth. Why? Because most people don't brush for the whole two minutes. And i got to be honest with you, I definitely do not. Unless I use my Quip, I literally am not held to that standard. The multi-use cover I've already talked about. Cover you can you can use that as like a holder or a cover. Throw it in your backpack. Take it home with you. I got I actually have two two quips. I have one for the tour bus and one at home. And the brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five dollars. A friendly reminder that it's time to refresh and stay committed to your oral health. Why? Because seventy-five percent of us use old burnt burnt out bristles that are ineffective. Quip is the first electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals and have thousands of verified five-star reviews. 
I absolutely love this toothbrush. It has made brushing my teeth so much easier because as I walk out of my back, I'm in the way, way back on the tour bus. I walk out. It is literally right by the light in the bathroom. And so I just go, oh, well, real quick, let's bang out a toothbrushing. And there's no better way to start your day than with a two-minute toothbrushing. Ha! You know what that's like? That's like in L.A. after it rains and you go for a hike and you're like, God, this city's beautiful when it's clean. Uh, that's how I feel about my mouth. And that's why I love Quip. And that's why over a million happy, healthy mouths do, too. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Bert right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Bert. Oh, thank you to all my sponsors. Let's take a sip of my drink and get to the podcast. Today's podcast is a fantastic one. I have met this guy probably 15 years ago before he was he was working at a club called Penguins in Cedar Rapids. It smells like uh, it smells like cookies in, in at that Penguins. You get done and you get done, you'd be like, God damn it, I want ice cream, I want cookies, I want cereal. I think it's because the Quaker Oats factory is there. I'm gonna take a sip of my drink, so hold for it, guys. He was working there at the club at Penguins. I didn't even know he was gonna do stand up one day. Next thing you know. He's on fucking SNL. We talk about that a little bit, but it's, you know, it's a lot of guys don't want stuff like that to dictate their history. I know myself included. I never wanted to be the guy from Rolling Stone magazine. I never wanted to be the guy. I really sincerely do not like having an association with Van Wilder because I've never seen the movie. I had absolutely nothing to do with the movie. And I, and I, and I, I feel like it's just like, it's like people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always kind of brush it off. I wish I, I had never brought it up. By the way, I'm the one that perpetuated it more than anyone, probably, because I needed to sell tickets when I was younger. But this guy, uh, Brooks Whelan, is on the podcast. He's a real talent. He's a real fucking interesting guy. I had him on um, Something's Burning, and we had a great time. He was dating his then-girlfriend, Grace Helbig. And we had a great fucking time. And he just is like one of those kinder spirits that I run into, those young guys in the business that are still hard-charging it and fucking living life on their own terms. He's a fantastic comedian. The reason I wanted to point out that SNL thing is that, you know, sometimes the people that get cast on SNL aren't the most talented people in the business. They just get cast because they can do an impression or whatnot or what have you. Very few and far between do you get like a Michael Che or a Colin Yost or a Pete Davidson where they're just, they're all around enjoyable to watch. Or the one, I'm in love with that one girl. I don't know her name, but she's fucking awesome. And so so when, when Brooks left SNL, I think a lot of us were like, well, I wonder what's going to happen with that guy. I hope he can do stand-up. And then one night, me, Tommy, and Ari were sitting at the in the, in the belly room. And I, I think we talk about this on the podcast, but I think it, it it's nice for me to share this. And we watched him do stand-up, and we were like, fuck yeah, thank God he's no longer on SNL, because that would kill his career. He would lose interest in stand-up, he'd want to be a movie star, and instead we get a fucking awesome voice in comedy. And the guy is so fucking talented. He's got a new travel show on all things comedy called Travels and Such with Brooke Whelan. It's fucking awesome. I watched um, I watched the, the pilot episode. It's up on YouTube. Go to the ATC YouTube uh, place, and you'll see it. And it's really fun. It's him and two of his friends, and they just go camping on the beach. They go for a hike. They throw frisbees. I think they get high. They piss in the sand. It's awesome. He's a great guy, and I'm really happy that he's doing so well in this business. Um, I'm really happy for him, and, and I'm, I'm really proud to know him. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, today's BirdCast, Brooks Whelan.
This is is like the best it's like such a good piece of art too are we rolling here grab your uh, yeah yeah no, grab your mic oh okay do you ever see him live no 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 i was uh, in high school when he died but uh oh really how old was you? uh 32 god you're but, young as shit no but like that was i've only had two like celebrity deaths who i never met that fucked me up hedberg and then rowdy roddy piper Roddy Roddy Piper. I just thought he was so funny. I thought he was getting so good at fucking comedy. You know, did you ever see him on like, It's Always Sunny? No, can I tell you what's crazy? He's really funny. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Thanks for coming over. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, uh, We, um, I I did an open mic, not an open mic, but a a show with Roddy Roddy Piper that I think Don Barris was producing. And they were like, hey, it's storytelling. <clears throat> can you come and tell a story? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, do you want to run your story by me? And I was like, oh, no, no, it'll be fine. Yeah. No one's going to tell the same story I have. I don't, I mean, I have pretty outrageous stories. Sure. And they're like, okay. And so I get there and I'm going to tell the story of fighting a bear. And uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper goes up in front of me and he's like, I fought a bear one time. And I was like, that's my, <laughs> that's my opening line. And he told the story of fighting a bear who drank Jack Daniels. Okay, and it was a, such a great fucking story that I went up and I was like, I don't know what story I'm going to tell now, mm-hmm. but it was, and he told it fantastically. He was getting good at stand up. Yeah, he's awesome. I was bummed. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, but were you the age that got to see him in his prime? I mean, I loved him wrestling for sure. I have a, I have like a slightly similar story about like be, feeling real positive and then getting fucking blindsided. What's up? Uh, it was. I, don't know, I hate talking about SNL too much, but this is exactly the same story of me being like, I got it. So for the first episode I'm ever going to be on that show, I have an idea to pitch. You go into Lauren's office, you pitch. And I was like fucking 32 new people that year. How old were you when this was happening? 27. And uh, the host was Tina Fey. And I was like, okay, my pitch was like, um, I teach Tina Fey how the show works. Just quick, easy joke. And I'm like, okay, great. I got it. And then uh, Lauren goes like, Ken Word, (laughs) who's the... um, who's a producer on the show. He goes first and Kenward goes, new guys teach Tina how the show works. So he took my joke. Yeah. And I'm about to talk to the whole crowd. I blacked out. I don't remember what I said. Oh, for real? I don't remember. I have no idea what I pitched. Oh, it was shit. like my world ended. I was like, oh no. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't do as well as you did with the bear thing. Good God. Was that, what was that? Uh, you know, I, I, didn't mean I, to, I didn't mean to, but I'm just saying like exact same thing. I was like, I got yeah, it, I yeah, got yeah. it. Someone's like, the exact same idea? What? Well, I think that's, you know, it's like, it's like the things in our life that get us to the dance mm-hmm. and then the things in our lives that keep us dancing and then the things in our lives that we want to make sure that we are remembered for when we leave the dance. For sure. Like for me, it's always like uh, my thing that I, I always wanted to overcome was the Rolling Stone article. I yes. wanted to be bigger than the Rolling Stone article. I, I actually, this is going to sound super silly. I wanted no attachment to Van Wilder. Yeah, I want no attachment to Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and it's but in in a weird way, it's the thing that gets you to the dance. A hundred percent. That's why I can have no ill things to ever say about it. Yeah, and I have nothing ill to say. I like people are like, why didn't you sue? And I was like, because first of all, I wasn't. I had nothing to do with the fucking movie. I didn't write the goddamn movie. Yeah, these other dudes wrote the movie. And everything out, everything from that point out is hearsay because I'm only telling stories I've heard people tell me. I'm not right. telling, no one's ever come to me going, I mean, one person did, a couple people did actually, but like, but no one's ever been like, hey man, we owe you a lot of money. We, you know? Sure. So, and I, I, now I go, um, I did, I, I say to people, hey, I'd like to be 
like don't bring up like when we did a press tour for my special mm -hmm. it was like bring up the russian mob story i'll tell the russian mob story all day yeah don't bring up van water because i have no attachment to it and i don't and i can't i can't i've never even seen the fucking movie and never, I love Ryan Reynolds. You've never seen it? No. Yeah, I've never I, seen I, it. I mean, I get I I mean that's I've seen it. I like it, but like I can't watch Saturday Night Live because it's like uh, a girlfriend, you know, like who I'm like, well, I don't I know she's alive, but it's fine if I don't know anything about her. You know? Yeah. I just don't need to know about it. But it's it. one of the interesting stories about you is and I think all of us in LA were like when you popped up at one I remember one night you popped up and everyone was like Oh, this is the guy who he got fired. Oh, he just got fired. Oh, oh sure. And 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 part of the thing is, and you know this, everyone wants those SNL guys to fail in a weird way. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I got it. I was just doing the alt scene, just goofing around, just being real weird. I never even featured, but I was like, you know, just like classic dumb Montreal story of like went to Montreal, did great, had submitted for SNL like two years before, and they're like, this is weird. You didn't do any impressions. This is just this bat shit. <laughs> it was just, like the note we got back was like that I my manager got back was like this is the most like uh this is the weirdest submission we've gotten in like a decade. So they were like, No. Yeah. But then they saw me do stand up and they're like, Oh, he's not out of his fucking mind. Yeah. So then it got hard to write. But either way, yeah, no, then it, you just come then I came back and I'm like, I'm gonna talk about it and make fun of it. How was it how was it not I don't I don't really care much about the experience. I think everyone's ultimately got similar experiences at us. Everyone has the same, like <laughs> it wasn't that fun. Yeah. Yeah. But how was the, when I got let go from Travel Channel, the morning, um, the the morning, like the morning of a of a friend passing sure. was almost unbearable for the first month. Yeah, I turned, I I just like went hard into stand up. I went like, fuck you. You just gonna, leaned into self-help like, I'm just going to, I'm not letting this beat me. Yeah, I put out, <clears throat> I toured for like seven months straight and then put out my first album uh, and I was like, "There, proof I'm funny." That's what I did. It was almost like a like like when you get cheated on, you go on, you go out to the bars, and you're like, "I am fucking everyone." Sure, yeah. It was just like it was just like I have to that show. I felt I felt like I was on less. Like the weird part was like when I was on that show, I felt like I was on less television than I would have been off that show because <laughs> like things were going so well. Yeah. With this, like, you know, I was like 26 after Montreal, like meeting with everyone. And it was so dope. It was great. And then they, they brought me on SNL and I was barely ever on it. And I was like, I would be on more TV off of this fucking yeah, show. Yeah, because the opportunities were, were probably... They were awesome. Yeah. And they, I remember they wouldn't let me do a half hour. Comedy Central was, was like, do you want to do a half hour? And um, one of my, like, you know, my writing partner was Michael Che. And they were like, no to Brooks, yes to Che. Because Che was just writing on the show. He wasn't in the show. Yeah. And I guess I get that because they're like, you should be focused on the show. I'm like, I fucking am. But like, <laughs> let me on TV. That makes sense because they want all your jokes. Well, no, it's not even that. They were like, it, it would look bad if you were doing a different show. It's fine if you're right here and do stand up, yeah. but you shouldn't be, you know, focused on two different things. And I'm like, I'm not getting on. Just let me on something. Do you still talk to Che? All the time. Still yeah. one of my really great friends. I've never even met that guy. He's the best. He's, uh, he's, he's the coolest, nicest, down to earth dude ever really yeah he's we, a, he seems nice yeah we hung out after the emmys because he just hosted those and uh and, and i got slammed for that well i didn't even Him see and jost jost jost, jost uh, is the nicest guy too I, i've met i've met colin he's a really sweet guy they're both so sweet. i've never met michael but it was crazy how they fucking slammed i think because they're men I really think because they're men, and that's the way the culture works sure. right now. Why? Why didn't women host it? Well, there. If you're gonna have equal opportunities, then equal 
opportunities mean men are going to do some shit sometimes too. Well, also it's NBC's hosting the Emmys. Lauren's producing it. He's going to push his show. Oh, okay. Then that makes sense because I think it's nepotism. It's not nepotism. It's like if if it was on CBS, it'd be it would be fucking Corden. If it was yeah, yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. ABC, same. it'd be Kimmel. Same, same across the board. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's just like who's in charge? They're going to push their show. So yeah. That's what I mean, but man, so I ran into Joe's like after, right after he got done hosting, we met up and he was like, let's get unreasonably drunk. Cause we haven't hung out in a long time. Yeah. And we had, me and Joe's Che had to switch from drinking Jameson to scotch when we were on the show writing nights. Cause we don't like scotch and we would drink it slower, but yeah. Jameson was too smooth. We're like, we're getting wasted. Like we can't do this. <laughs> yeah. So it was like fun to see an old friend. Um, but the only difference really was like, uh, che was allowed to be really drunk because he just hosted the Emmys, and yeah. uh, I hadn't seen anyone in like two years. So oh. I was just, and they were like, "Well, Brooks isn't doing well," and I'm like, "No, no, me and oh. me and Che, man." And they're like, "Well, Che just hosted the Emmys; he deserves this." And I was like, "Well, I, all right, I get to." Yeah, that makes that's fucking crazy. No, he's just a great dude, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And last yeah, time I yeah. saw him, we had a, a real fun night. That's awesome. I, I hear. I mean. Oh, everyone loves Michael Che and Colin. I mean, he's, Colin. he's reasonable. He's, a, he's, he's highly like, reasonable. He seems like a a guy who doesn't pander much on stage. And he doesn't pander he at all. Really, it's really fun. Yeah, and like I mean, he calls me out of my shit. You know, you need a friend who does that. Oh, dude, the reason I'm friends with Shane Torres is because I got drunk one night on stage and fucking got in a fight with someone on stage and i went up to shane the next day i was like look dude i barely know you i need to know how culpable i was last night from an honest opinion mm-hmm. he was like pretty culpable and i was like all right i'll always be your friend because you're real yeah he him and i did an east coast tour one time and uh dare, on the same day i found out uh this is all then we'll stop talking about hollywood bullshit but on the same day i well, got we can talk about hollywood bullshit. no but it was like it was just like i found out the pilot i was doing didn't get picked up and then yeah. i got the paycheck which i had never ha- been paid that much so yeah. i'd never seen that much taxes gone uh, <laughs> that's a fun moment when you find out taxes. shocking like it it shocked me and then i was just going through my engagement had ended it and so it was like all Your these engagement things had ended yeah it was all these things right in a row and then uh we were in baltimore and i just tied one on and the next day shane was like i'm worried about you buddy <laughs> you know and i was like me too that's shane great, that's a great oh, impression. buddy you were you was drinking at the bar alone and i was like come sit with us and you you just looked at me dog <laughs> dog yeah, yeah. oh buddy <laughs> i don't think this is good you should get off the road man yeah <laughs> that's a great shane i impression. love shane yeah um before he was, before he was as, I mean, he was always as funny as he is now, but there's no way I could take him on the road now because he's a fucking do- amazing headliner. Yeah. But like three years ago, it was just fun to go on the road with Shane. Yeah, I'm taking him. I'm taking him on a little bit of the my tour. We're doing a couple runs, I think. Yeah, it was. I so love fun. him. I was just on tour with him this weekend, and he just he's just an easy hang, man. Oh yeah, he's he'll go any way you want to go, but less hard. And he's not. And he's. And what I like about him is like because I. I I, I can get I can get um not I wouldn't say conservative, but like I can get like opinionated about shit mm-hmm. that is like I don't know, uh that maybe is a little fucking heavy handed. Sure. Shane will really quick. He's reasonable. Like, yeah. He's like, Well, you gotta look at what you was saying. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Like how many beers did you have before the conversation? Like, a lot of times when I go, Hey, uh, do you know um dot dot dot, he'll he'll 
go don't know them all or he'll go dear friend dear yeah, friend yeah. like cut me off of the past just hey heads up don't yeah. shit on him i love that guy yeah, he's the best he's he's like so funny there's like a crew of portland guys that are the best they really are ian carmel mm-hmm. um, funches is nice funches first time i met funches he this is before he moved to los angeles he left me at a guy named ganja john's house he's like brooks you can get in the next car and then i had done a dab I'd never done a dab. Oh, dear God. So it was just me and this, a bunch of Portland people I didn't know watching this uh, cartoon home movies for like two hours. And I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be at a festival. And oh, then Ron shit. was like, glad you made it back. I'm like, you just left me at that John dude's house. And then <laughs> I've been back and God, John's a good guy. So wait, how was, what was the journey from Iowa to where you are today? Oh, it was all over the place. I mean, cause you and I met, um, you came and did Penguins yeah. in Cedar Rapids uh, when I was the sound guy taking calls and then also hosting the bad shows, the yeah. ones that nobody wanted to host. And I remember you came because it was, first of all, it's a, it's a great club, but uh, you know, there's, you know, a club like that, sometimes you're, you're more excited for certain comedians. I was very excited to see you. That's a really kind way to say that. But you know what I mean? Like, there's some people I'm like, oh, I've seen him a couple of times. I was like, oh, this guy's coming. I've heard he's great. So yeah. I was really excited. And I also got along with the club so great that I brought, the weekend you're there, I, I, in my memory, so Penguins has a TV behind you. Yeah. Like a box TV. It's not a flat screen. And if you host, your job is to go up and and turn off the VCR and the TV, then start your set. Yeah. Like that's the sort of club it was. And I brought Guitar Hero. It had just come out. I remember that night. And we plugged it in. I we remember that night vividly. Yeah, it was fun. I was like, I was like, we got Guitar Hero. Yeah, it was like the type, because I was like 19 or 20. And, you know, they let me drink because I was, I work there and it's yeah. Iowa and it's chill. And, but yeah, so that's where we met the first time i ever saw guitar hero yeah it was like brand new it yeah was super fun uh so yeah so i just started doing i remember co- losing my fucking mind that night because i was like this could ch- revolutionize learning also this is how you can teach someone how to play the guitar well actually it's how you can keep somebody from getting good at an actual guitar uh, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I like yeah i got so good at it that i'm like what if i just tried a real guitar with that same amount of time yeah i <laughs> fucked up uh but i just so i just worked at penguins uh, well, I went to the University of Iowa and got an engineering degree. And then I'd spent like my summer between... Got an engineering degree? I'm, I'm a biomedical engineer. I was till the day I got SNL. Um, I worked at Caltech. That's why I never needed to go on the road is I had a better paying job than SNL. So wait, you got a bioengineering... Biomedical engineering degree. What is that? It means... Uh, well, it, it's, you, you, it's like mechanical engineering, only you study also anatomy. And then I studied cardiovascular biomechanics. So then you study basically like pipes, only pipes that can expand and contract. So like the first ever heart valve was created by a dude who just shrunk down um, an oil like valve. He's like, what if we just, you know, did this? Yeah. So it's just like mechanical engineering. Then you have to learn about the body. It was all pre-med. It's like what you get if you want to be a doctor. And I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was like 17. So I was like, I'll be a doctor. And then I did stand up, and I was like, "I'm going to be, a, I'm going to do that." But I'll finish this, I guess. Uh, Shut he, the fuck up. Yeah. So, because I didn't know how to get out of Iowa, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I just did that, and then I would get internships in real cities on in the summer, not like because you know cities with real comedy scenes. So I spent when I was 20 in Kansas City doing open mics every night. It was really yeah. fun. And then the next summer, I was 21. I spent in Chicago doing stand up every night, and that's where I met like. 
all those dudes, Hannibal and Kumail and yeah. TJ Miller and Bronger and all, all those guys, Mike oh Brightside, Mike Holmes. So I then, yeah, I love those guys. Um, and then, so after college, I only looked for jobs in New York and Los Angeles to go do stand up, but I didn't really explain why. Like, I was yeah. just like, I got to go do stand up. I've been doing it like three years, but like twice a week. Way more passionate about stand up than you were. Well, I knew I wanted to do it, but I'm saying like I'd been doing it, but not at the level you can do it in New York, Chicago, or yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I was just doing a couple of mics a week. Yeah, and I was driving to Chicago a lot to do the Monday Night Zanies show and then coming back for school on Tuesday. It was, Good God. Yeah. Uh, like shit you would never do now. You know what I mean? Uh, I was just saying this to another person the other day. I was like, can you imagine that I used to drive? I drive from Tampa to Orlando when yeah. I was home on Thanksgiving to get a set in. Oh, 100%. Like it's indentured servitude. It's yeah. Like, you're going to not, you're not going to make any money for seven years and then you might make some money. I think I did two sets for free last night. I still do it for free. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I don't, it's crazy. It's really bizarre the amount of time like so i was t i forget i was talking to joe coy and was it J gary owen and he was saying i used to drive from san diego to la to do spots and then back every night mm -hmm. and you're like what the fuck i did, I did that in orange county for two years because when i my the job i got was in irvine mm -hmm. at this place called edwards life sciences and they i can say their name because they fired me and they had every right to yeah uh i didn't wasn't do anything illegal i just was not there really uh but i moved to huntington beach because i'm from iowa and i'm like well if i'm gonna fucking move to la I'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it let's live on the beach <laughs> and it was so fun but i was like oh i'm not i spent like a year smoking weed and trying to learn how to surf and then i was yeah. like that's not why i moved here and then i and then uh, i started driving up every night to do like what's up tiger lily i used to go to the store until i was like it was like not fun but like the guys that I started with there were like Gerard and uh, Santino and Britt yeah. Morin and like Angelo Bowers. And yeah, that was like the guys who hung out there. And then I just started hanging out at like the East side rooms where like Bridenstine and Holmes and all the yeah, Chicago yeah, yeah, guys yeah. were. The Chicago guys really looked out for me. Yeah. Cause that would, they were, a di they were a totally different scene. They were almost alty yeah they were i mean it was, <clears throat> without any of them really being alt comics no like I, mean, I think they're just regular i think the 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 line is so fucking blurred now between what is alt and oh regular it's 100 blurred i think the chicago guys are what did it because they're like yeah. we're gonna be funny but just for each other yeah uh so just by virtue of no having seen these guys at open mics in chicago they were like yeah you can come hanging crash on our couch and stuff like that and then yeah then i got fired from that job and got a job at caltech working uh on eyes and then i did that uh living in hollywood doing you know 10 sets and not 10 sets a week till i got snl and then you get snl and you're like i'm out caltech <laughs> yeah it was these actually, eyes are blinking goodbye motherfucker well, well this the dumb part was I, everything had gone so well for the audition that i thought i had gotten it like i was like i think i got snl this is weird uh like you know i had dinner with lauren and all that shit and it went so well that I quit going to my job, but I didn't tell them I quit because I was on salary. Yeah. And then I and then they announced they had hired four new cast members. I wasn't one of them. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I have a job. <laughs> and so I just pulled like a full George Costanza and walked in like and was like, what's up? And they're like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> and I was like, ah, I've been working from home. And I just sat down and my boss was like, we got to talk you know and i was like we'll get to it don't worry about it we'll get to it and then uh <laughs> and then i got hired to go write at snl that day 
So, that day? Yeah, before lunch, I was like, we don't need to talk. I actually, I, I quit. I'm sorry. And he was really cool. Was, they were really great. It was a small startup. You know what? <laughs> You know, when you like a boss, you don't want to disappoint him. Yeah. That was that sort of dude. I, I felt bad, you know, disappointing that guy. You're like, yeah, don't we'll talk. We'll talk later. Hey, you know what? I'm out. I'm yeah, out. I'm out. He, was really, he was so happy for me. He was really nice. Yeah? Yeah. Good dude. That's crazy. I had never knew that about you. Yeah, I was a full full biomedical engineer. Like, I was hot. I was promoted twice, so I was a senior level engineer. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was nuts. I was worked a lot. Like 50, 60 hours a week. I was, I would fuck, I was going to Guadalajara to do human trials, like coaching surgeons on how to use our equipment and stuff like that. Holy shit. It was shit. gnarly. Yeah, it was crazy. I have like patents, but then I didn't, ca- I didn't care about any of that shit. You should like, write a book from patents to patent. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was boring, man. It's, you know, you could you go back and do it now? Like, if it, no, I was so, I was like, no, but I mean, like, literally. Could <laughs> no, you? I know, literally, no, I don't think I could really um it's something you got to be like up to date with yeah yeah and it moves so quick that field and also huge blank spot on the old uh, resume (laughs) you know what i mean uh i couldn't do it again also it's just like not what i i do miss having to be up at eight though do you know what i mean yeah i miss like a day job i miss like oh i gotta go to bed at 11 yeah i i uh i've never had a job so i don't know like I've never had like a day job. Really? Never. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I've had. Um, I worked in a sweater uh, shop, a sweater place for a couple, maybe a month, and then I worked at Barnes and Noble for a couple months. How much did you steal from Barnes and Noble? None. None. No. I'm I'm a I'm a little bit of a I'm a little bit of a teetotaler. Okay. Like uh like I'm I'm Leanne says I'm a real I'm a hardcore rule follower. Who doesn't believe that the rules apply to him? Okay, I get that. I understand. I just don't mind stealing from big corporations. Um, I, I would never steal from like a small place, but Walmart, fucking, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I've never. I'm a hardcore teetotaler. Like I don't. I get, but I don't like confrontation. No, I I don't either. At all. I don't like. I can't watch a movie where the um where. Like uh, the guy's cheating on his girl, and you know he's gonna get caught. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I go, I just can't watch that. I'm, that's not for me. Sure. I and I and I'm I'm like that across the board. Like I don't like uh, I don't like tension. Yeah, I can't, anxiety is like a, is is a bitch. Yeah, like yeah, I've had relationships where it's just like there's anxiety, and then it's just like you know leads to drinking beers, which leads to getting nothing done. I found out over sober October that I'm probably. Uh, creating my own anxiety by drinking. It doesn't help. That's it for fucking sure. It does not short. help. I had no anxiety all October. It helps in the moment and then fucking like exponentially in the morning makes it worse. Oh, it does not. It fucking backfires like a motherfucker. How did you like that? I knew you were doing that. How was that? I loved it. It was great? Yeah, I liked the sober part a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot more than I think anyone would ever imagine me to like it. Um, the workout, the working out part aspect was really intense the competition was more intense than i ever had envisioned it being and uh and but all in all are those months are really like you get done them and you kind of sit there like staring at the wall going i can't believe i just did that sure like, we worked out in the top 0.1 percentile of the world of, of people with that heart rate monitor oh really just, yeah it was like it was insane like we put in 
I ran. What was your heart rate at like the whole time you were supposed to be working out? Um, ideally, 150 would be okay. a perfect. Like place. Lance Armstrong does like 200, but he's you know on steroids and also the yeah. greatest uh, cardiovascular specimen who's ever been alive. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I would usually stay at like 140 was where I would was mm-hmm. super comfortable and could be there all day. Um, but like 150, and and I was. I was getting a little winded, 155 around that area. That's where that was where you earn the most points. Okay, but uh, I don't know anything about the heart. I didn't talk to my doctor about it. I just did it. Mm-hmm. So part of me had a little bit of anxiety, going like, "Am I gonna have a fucking heart attack?" Yeah, that's probably pretty gnarly. You probably should build into that. But right, well, I, I slow rolled it and worked out very minimally at front because I I didn't want to get injured. And I was like, I shouldn't. And I was the fattest when I started. And I was like, I should really mm-hmm. make sure I I. I take slow bites of this as opposed to like fucking Ari the first day like threw up ridiculous Joe threw up ridiculous points and we were all like fuck but he was like for him it was a seamless transition sure um but yeah I like being sober yeah I mean I'm, I'm way more proud of myself I never have to be like did I talk too much to that person oh my god you know, that is my biggest flaw when I get drunk I mean especially at festivals like I'll be like did I corner jp buck last night who is like a great fucking guy yeah. who books all sorts of amazing stuff and i'm like i think i just talked to him about why like i remember like the first montreal i was just like are like yelling about why don't we talk about how good prince is at guitar and it's like no one's disagreeing with me yeah. why am i having this argument dude that is my that is something i could if i could fix about myself i would i definitely talk way and especially when i get drunk Mm-hmm. I almost like it's not I mean if we're gonna be real honest it's a little preachy oh yeah I have hard beliefs that I don't really have when I'm drunk yeah I and I said I, I, I cornered someone the other night to give them advice about comedy and what I was basically saying was don't take anyone's advice yeah no I have I will tell network people what's wrong with their network uh i will too it's the and dumbest I have. move all the time no i'm saying i've done it too it's so stupid i'm like so that's why now with like festivals i'm like give me in and give me out i don't need any extra time there dude what was it the new york comedy festival this weekend oh how was that it was good i guess i don't know i didn't i didn't really i didn't really interact with anyone mm-hmm. the first i did when it used to be comedy central i got thrown out of the party when there were like the new comics to watch and when there was like really? 10 of us got thrown out for being for stealing a bottle of vodka and the booze was free <laughs> that's how dumb i used to be yeah jesus christ that was like 2012 yeah um i got uh i went to that party the tbs party the big conan coco mm-hmm. party and uh i didn't know anyone there and it's all it's all the people that it's a lot of new york they they really pull from new york yeah and i and, and I, I gotta be honest with you when i was young <clears throat> i would watch the guys go to those parties and I would be like, <clears throat> I'd be like, um, I'd be like, don't you have something better to do? Well, no, no. I'd see the guys that weren't really great comics mm-hmm. and, but they were really good at marketing themselves oh, Okay, and they could get into those parties and be like, yeah, I have a plus one, but I can, I already promised I was going to take it. And you'd be like, so I, I was never good at marketing myself. So I just was like, I guess I won't go to this party. I remember, um, this is when like, uh, like, Sylvester Stallone and and everyone was opening restaurants, you know, mm-hmm. and they opened a restaurant above Caroline's. I want to say it was called it's called Comedians or something or the the Green Room. Ugh. And like, and Dimitri Martin was who, by the way, has always been a brilliant marketer. He is 
it's probably my favorite joke of this year. I just saw him do it at the at UCB. I was like, "That's the best joke I've heard." It was. I'm, I'm sure I can say. It. I think it was in a special. Yeah. It was just like, oh, I forget. You're the best. What was the just, joke? His joke was, uh, "It's all fun and games until someone loses an eye." And he's like, "It's also all fun and games till someone loses, till someone finds an eye." So I think the real slogan should be, "It's all fun and games as long as there's an even number of eyes." And I was like, "That's just such a great Dimitri a, Martin joke." He is a. Uh, he is a brilliant mathematician of the art yes exactly he had his notebook he's taking notes but i'm sorry go ahead no 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 i could talk about dimitri for hours i think um i think he is fantastic but he was i mean like i you gotta understand man he started fantastic yeah like his i think i was at one of his first open mics and he was so far beyond any of us Mm -hmm. that we were like we were like whoa and he just took off immediately took off right that was gerard Mm -hmm. For us, like really? Gerard Carmichael, we were just like, "Well, how are you? You're already okay." It was is like he, that. I've never seen him do stand up. Well, back this is like 2009, 2010, and we were all like 22. Yeah, and he was probably like 20, and he was just better than us. Really? So it was Angelo Bowers. Angelo Bowers was equally. Him and Angelo were so funny. Angelo died in this car wreck. Yeah. Um, and those guys were just like, "Oh yeah, those guys for sure." Yeah, that Angelo thing really. Really fucking smacked the store, huh? Yeah, I wasn't hang. I mean, I wasn't hanging out there, but I mean, he was still like such a. Yeah, it was nuts. Him and Josh Adam Myers were really close. Yeah, Josh was driving the car. Like oh, it was drunk driver hit him. I didn't know Josh was driving the car. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I knew that. I'm sure Josh has told me, and I just was drunk, and I don't remember. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's an easy one to glaze over. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I barely. Li- when people talk, sometimes you can hear this on the podcast. Yeah, I don't. I don't listen at all. Sometimes I'm thinking what the next thing to you say know is. What? I took mushrooms like last week, and I wrote down "listen more, talk less." And oh I was my like, God. "That's like because on mushrooms, I'm introspective and want to hear stories, but drunk, I'm just waiting for my chance to tell what I have to say." I'm like, is he done? Can I go now? Yeah. Terrible. It's Yeah, but it's a comic thing. Sure. But also, it's nice that at least we know it. Oh, I'm well aware yeah. of the fact that I am, I interrupt people non-fucking-stop. My thing that I, my epiphany, my, my mantra I came up with was uh, do things that make you more uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. I, I was like, you get into this rut of like, and I think it's what kills art, is you're like, I'm making money. I just want to stay home and enjoy my family. I don't want to go to the clubs every night. I don't want to get out there. I don't want to have to go up and bomb. I don't want to have to. And then I was like, no, I think you have to in order to do good art. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like, I got lazy to where I don't, like, I moved to New York and stayed there after SNL. And it was like, the standup was just like. You stayed in New York? As a kind of a fuck you. Like, you're not going to tell me where to live. I'm going to stay in New York. Also, the girl I was seeing was like, I want to stay in New York. So that was also part of it. That was probably most of it. But uh, but I did stay, which was the worst idea I had. But but like, I got really into the stand-up scene there. And it's so much easier in New York. I'd skate within my fucking apartment. We're like five amazing spots to go up where the crowd was good so we just skate around and jump on shows it's so much easier out here in la you're like where am i gonna go is it gonna be good are yeah. there gonna be any buds there am i driving or ubering because am i gonna drink or not yeah like so it's i like to- i like uh, but see this is gonna sound super comic privilegey sure but i like a bad room better than a good room okay i mean 
I just like a, I like a good hang more than anything. That's yeah. all I really care about. Is, is it going to be fun hang? Yeah. Because I'll go up and I'll bomb, but at least I know my buds are going to like me bombing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I like I like I do. Um, um, Tripoli's got the Sycamore Tavern, mm-hmm. and man, that that room, I have been loving it so much because you're just like, it's like sometimes there's like sometimes there's like a hundred people sometimes there's like 50 where's that one is that one in burbank no it's no it's uh dude flappers is a great club too i just ran into the owners last night i just got an email from i i used to do flappers back in the day when you would i would drive up from orange county and yeah. they'd be like no show no and i'm like fucking text me <laughs> and i would steal yoohoo from them because they have a room called the yoohoo room and I would just be like, well, I'm taking a fucking box of Yoohoo because I drove here. Yeah. So I haven't been back there since then. Um, yeah, that's a great club. But, it, but, it, but you know, like for me, what's what makes a great club isn't like, I mean, com- obviously the store is just fucking amazing right now. Mm-hmm. But um, out of my two sets last night, the OR where it's packed, it's packed with a lot of people that just know that comedy's popular right now. That's my problem with big with like things like that like I, I don't do well i should and that's what new york taught me but like in la you can really find exactly who you, you can perform for yourself so easily here yeah you know what i mean and you can just go and you can do well to other 30 year old white dudes but then you go you know but then you got to go to the store and you have to do well for who america is a bunch of fucking and and sometimes a bunch of europeans some yeah. asians and that's it's what, just it's a it is a it is a tourist destination. Exactly. And that was that's my problem with it, but also that's a good thing about it. It's a great thing. I mean, you go to the main room and it's packed with fans of comedy, not mm-hmm. like they're there to see that certain show. And then the OR is just this grab bag sold out room of just like some fans and some and some people that are just like, yeah, I know comedy's booming right now. We, we wanted to go see a comedy show. We didn't know where to go. We can at least we're seeing 20 comics tonight. One of them will like. No, it's it's a great it's great, and I have no qualms with it. I used, I mean, I'm just like, it is like uh, I should do more alti rooms. No, I I mean I should do more main. But here's here's my problem with some shows. Do you ever see somebody doing great with what you feel like is really bad stuff? Yeah, and so I and I go up mad at the crowd. I'm like, you like that? So then I gotta reset myself and be like, no, don't do that. Just go up and be like. What if you also like this? Bad habits pay off in yeah. spades at the store sometimes. Like bad habits that would ruin your career pay off in spades at the store. What do you mean? You can you can get, get you can do well there at with places that won't work out elsewhere? No, 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 no. It just doesn't benefit your stand up. It's exactly how I feel about just doing New York. I I had the best fucking 15 minutes on like Brooklyn. And it would crush and yeah. then I'd be like, "Oh, I got to go tour it does nothing for me that's why i was like i gotta get out of here i'm not i'm living in this weird world where i'm being celebrated for knowing you know the bedford stop past one yeah like and everyone's like yeah yeah i know the guy with the owls yeah but who else fucking is so dumb dude in this at the store at the store at hollywood i think all in, in all of stand-up across the board i used to i noticed it the most in new york when i started was like probably where i noticed it the most where you're just like it, the bad habits would be like, uh, for me, would be not writing material and going up and pr- trying to write, mm-hmm. allowing it to fail, and then figuring out why it failed. 
but starting a new bit and then when it started to bail started to not do well bailing on it and improving on something in the room yeah that people people really appreciate that they really think god he can just go off the top of his head right now there's guys that do it for a living like ian bag can go off the top of his head from the second he steps on the stage until an hour 20 and it is all genius shit but then there's people that do it because they're afraid of writing new material yeah ian bag is the guy who the other day i was at when i was at a bigger club and he, i walked out and he was in the in the waiting room or whatever he goes yeah i, I don't watch this crowd because i'm gonna go up mad i was like yeah yeah it's exactly the same ian's fucking amazing he's the best um but yeah, no, people. some people are great at it, other people. That's why I, I try to do improv for a second. But you can't bail on a bad, imp, you know, like oh. a UCB. Like I went, I was like, and I recommend going to UCB if you want to meet other young people who like comedy and want to make it their living. Yeah. Because um, I made some really great friends, but I bailed because I was like, "This I'm not good at this because if something's not working, I'd be like, all right, never mind. And they're like, no, no, that's the opposite of what you're supposed to do. You have to... Either way, stick to it. I, I, but yeah, I bail on everything. Oh, I, 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 um, I did not do fantastic at the store last night, um, and I woke up a little, you know, a little shell shook from it because you always do. Really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you saw it, you'd be like, "You did great." But yeah, I know for a fact I didn't, and I know what I know because I know what a bit sounds like on the road. I know the pacing and the cadence of the crowd, and then when you go to the store. And they really don't know who the fuck you are. Mm -hmm. And you go into this bit, you really fucking feel your silences. And you're like, okay. Yeah. That I, joke needs work. I have like a thing where like, I won't, if I know the crowd's bad, I'm not going to give them a joke I know it works because I'm not, I'm like, I'm not going to doubt myself. Oh, oh, you can, you can trick them too. Like there's so yes. many, there's so many bad habits that I, I've been guilty of all of them throughout my career. Sure. Um, I mean, dude, one of the biggest bad habits was like, probably when I was doing penguins is my material then was just like, just like fucking nose to the wall. Like, uh, like I'll be edgy. I'll do crowd work. That's I'll like be fucking the number one new comic thing to do. Not, not that you were new then you were I was fantastic. New, I was new then, but you know what I mean? Like the number one thing when you can't write a joke yet is you're like, I'm going to shock them. <laughs> You know what I mean? And they're just like, we're like, oh, that is pretty crazy you said that. But I mean, it'd be cool if it was funny too. Yeah, it'd be cool if you had a punchline attached to that shocking statement yeah. you just made about I mean, all black people. Dude, I was, I mean, I just had so much dumb, like, it would, bits that would go nowhere. And I'm like, they just don't get it. And then I'm like, no, they got it. And it sucked. Yeah. Oh, I remember hearing a fight between two friends. And one friend was just trying to shit on the audience and be like, yeah, man, they're just, they don't get edgy comedy. And the other guy's like, no, you're not edgy. You're just not good. No, yeah, it's a big difference. There's a big difference between being edgy and being good. Mm -hmm. What did, 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 did you have aspirations of being on SNL? Or did you ever think like, I want to be an actor or no. I just want to be a comedian? It was, it's so bizarre. It was literally like, I was obsessed with Saturday Night Live, lived in this town called Manchester, Iowa. A lot of black people or a lot of like just white people or? Oh, yeah, super white. Um, there was one, one black girl in my school yeah uh and um i just remember like loving weekend update like just my parents on saturday nights had told her brothers and they were like you can stay up to see if adam sandler's on what do your brothers update. do um they're both cool one's a wrestling coach uh they were awful growing up but now i really love them you know <laughs> no were, they, were like were they much older uh four and six years old enough to really 
you know, beat yeah. the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh, one's a wrestling coach and the other one is like a banker dude who's like, I call him the coolest guy in Iowa. He's so rad. He's the one who worked at Penguins and knew I loved comedy and was like, hey, we have an open mic night. I can get you in underage yeah. if you want to try it. He was that sort of dude, like okay. fostered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he was a dick until he left home and went to college and then he came back and he's like, hey, it's pretty actually. It's actually pretty great out there. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, we would stay up and watch... He. Uh, weekend update and then uh, I got a book from like a book fair about Adam Sandler and it said he did stand up comedy uh, before he got on Saturday Night Live and then it, when I was in like fifth grade I was like alright I guess that's what I'll do to get on Saturday Night Live Yeah. and then you know you get out to LA or New York or in Chicago and you realize that's, an impo- that's impossible and then I saw really funny comedians at UCB who are great at characters I was like they're for SNL and yeah, yeah. There's a there's a real deflation when you get into the business, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm probably never going to get on SNL. Like, I don't do what any of those people do. Yeah, no, I, and I totally was like, that's fine. And I love stand up comedy. I got to be, I got to where I wanted to be the greatest stand up comedian of all time. You know, like when you're like 24, 25. I'm like, that's all I ever want to do. I wrote that on a piece of paper and put it on my front door. Yeah, exactly. That's all I cared about. Tunnel vision, tunnel tunnel vision. And then through that, I got on fucking SNL. And then, like, kind of got derailed into being like, you're an actor now, even afterwards. Like, come out, you're an actor, do this pilot, you know. And then, like, it took, like, <clears throat> like you know, some real life shit, like, you know, my like an engagement ending that really, you know, like. So, were you engaged during this entire time? That girl that made you stay in New York? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we got engaged after we moved back to Los Angeles. And then like when we broke up, I thought I was sad about SNL and it was like, Oh no, this is true sadness. Like, I don't know how to handle this. Um, and then that shook me up. So I spent like a year kind of on the land, just being a bummer, you know, like a type of dude who, when I'd walk into a party to be like, fuck, here comes grumps, you know? And then like, uh, you know, just kind of just had to shake it out and be like, what, got me to where i was and i was like stand up and then i got back in love with stand up yeah yeah you're such a talented stand up well that's very nice but it took it you know you go in waves you're right you do go in these waves where you're like sometimes you're going into the clubs and you're like i know i have to do this every night i know this is what i'm doing but i'm not writing and then all of a sudden you get into these places where you're like oh my god not only am i writing i'm sprinting i'm I'm, like i love deadlines so i'm about to go on a five week little run uh, I'm going to Tallahassee tomorrow. For real? You're just doing Florida State, just the college. Not just. I know you went to school there, but yeah, I have to t- take a red eye to Tallahassee. That's the most fun about comedy. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, but then at the end, <coughs> uh, I'm doing the Addison Improv. I'm going to tape an hour to like give to be like. So it's exciting when you have a project yeah. you're working for. Dude, it's I, the, I say that right now. My favorite part of stand right now, where I'm I'm getting ready to write this hour to um, tour it. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so it doesn't need to be perfect come January 9th, but it needs to be real close. It needs to be mm-hmm. real close so that every time I go up, I'm dialing it in. I'm just I'm just tightening the screws. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. I'm yeah. like, in, I have an hour right now and I want to turn in 48. Yeah. Oh, so like, yeah. If I, can get, if I can get rid of 12 minutes of what I think is already pretty good, it's going to be really good. Yeah. And then, and then what, I, what, what bums me out, but what is what is the job is when you get the offer and you're like, okay, you're shooting an hour in three months and you're like, okay, and you do the math and you go, and I love getting in front of a calendar and going, I need to get 150 spots out mm-hmm. in three months. And yeah. I was like, how do we do that? And you're like, all right, three show, ad shows, ad shows, but it's, attitude, yeah, I love it though. I, Cause that's when you really, that's when like, it, that's when it's crunch time. You're like, 
that's when like you can really put your set together i don't know that's when you the math really comes in for me of like this adds to this this adds to this so it's a fluid story there's no you know that's when i get dude and then and then you start looking at the algorithm of netflix and why people watch it when they watch and then you start going okay so if we know like i mean when i did my hour for showtime i weaved it so that i peaked here early like 21 Mm -hmm. minutes and then i dropped down and then peaked again and then wrote it up to the machine and i was like okay when i did this special i was like i was like oh let's reverse engineer this and let's take if they're saying that people only watch netflix for three for 30 minutes let's put my closer at like 25 minutes bang it in yeah Uh, and i'll and all my great all my jokes i'm like that are really murdering as opposed to what you do with the traditional hours sprinkling them throughout Mm mm-hmm and make sure that it's paced out evenly. I was like, let's front load it. Front load it, and then let's take these two stories and allow them to breathe. And and then if you've seen that, then you'll watch that. And then... 100%. Uh, yeah. But it's it's really... The fucking art form is super fucking interesting. When you when when you got out of the... When you got into the breakup, was that, was that like... Was it like... I, I mean, I, I'm always like fascinated by... I call them the salad days. Mm-hmm. But when life takes a big change for you and you're like okay time to regroup like i always look at it romantically in the mm-hmm. past but yeah in the I, moment, have, it sucks. I have a terrible over romanticist like i over romanticize everything yeah. your relationship wasn't great and i like put it on this pedestal but yeah. um yeah i don't know who broke up with who uh it was some it was i don't want to get into too much but <laughs> it wasn't mutual and there was some there was some other shit going down yeah that was really hurtful yeah. Um, that's all I'll say. I, my feelings were like shattered. Yeah. Uh, but I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. It was like, I didn't know how to, you know, eat um, that sort of stuff. But, but you got, th- I got through it. And then dumbly, we dated again like a year later. And I was like, I've learned nothing. Uh, but either way, it was just like, you know, like I was just, then I just drank a lot and I was a bummer to be around. And then like, that's the hardest part is when people start noticing that you're the bad mood. And, yeah, and no, a hundred percent. I had a real, I have a, I had a really great manager who pulled me in, and she was like, "You're fucking bumming everybody out, man. This is you. You got to knock it off if you want to salvage this shit." Yeah. And that's like what I needed. Yeah, you need that tough love. I had a friend tell me, "You're transferring negative energy." Oh, a hundred percent. I was like, it was not fun. I totally get it. And now when I see friends going through it, I get it. You know, and I'm like, hey, man, positive. You know, it sucks. Go do what makes you happy. Get away. Like I went camping a lot. And that's like, where you can't. That's where. I, by the way, I watched Travels and Stuff. Oh, you saw it? Of course I did. Yeah, oh, I, I love that. That's fun. Fucking awesome, man. Yeah, it was. It's was, so much fun. That was really nice of all things comedy, just to be like, yo, what do you want to do? And I yeah, was like, it's, dude, it's so much fun, and it's it's so funny because we brainstormed the name on that on the on something's burning, right. and it fits in so great with especially with the guys you brought. Well, yeah, I mean that's my crew. Those not like, like those are the type of guys I hang out with. Like the least macho. You guys you giggled could, so fucking much throughout it's just that. Like guys who <clears throat> we kiss each other on the lips all the time. Yeah, there's no toughness. We are a bunch of pussies. And the thing that amazed fun. me is, did you guys were you guys drunk when you went on that hike? We wasted. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I could not physically. I'd be like, I, as soon as I start getting drink, drunk, I'm like. Let's just make sure we're locked down here. Yeah. Well, the problem was we've already recorded the second episode before I saw the first episode. And I was like, oh, man, I should dial it back. But no, with this, no. But with the second episode, we dialed it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, boy, this one is going to be rough. 
It was great. Was uh, it, did, what's his name? Pissed in a hole? Nick Rutherford. Yeah, he taught yeah. us, uh, yeah, if you just dig a hole in the beach, you pull your pants down, you don't have to go to the bathroom. You just pee in this hole. <laughs> Fucking awesome, man. It was so, yeah. it's such a, like, you know, what I like about uh, media, I guess I'll say, is the right way to s- phrase that. Because it's technically a TV show, but it's not a TV show because it, there's no I mean, editing, there's no arc, there's no like third act, second act. It's mm-hmm. just a great, I mean, it's ultimately the arc is the camping trip itself, but. What I liked about it is, um, like, with good media, you just are, end up giggling. Yeah, it's just it was just like my two of my best friends and me doing exactly what we would do. Yeah, and then we filmed it. Who so, did you do the second episode with? It's with Nick Turner and Carl Hess. Carl Hess is who I bring like on the West Coast. He's a great comedian. Nick Turner is one of my best friends. He's a New York comedian, and that one's fun too. It's different. We went to a swimming hole. It's just all good. And then the next one, um, Lucas Brothers and me are going to rent a van and drive up to Joshua Tree. Just like all the guys my age that I get along with, just fucking going on little trips. God, man, it's so great. You need to go to that place. Uh, what's that? Uh, that waterfall in Havasu that everyone jumps off of? Oh, yeah. you got Well, there's like a really good one. It's called, like I think, like Havasu Falls. I think it's called Havasu Falls. But you have to hike like two days or take a helicopter to get there. Bill Burr. I guess, yeah. I mean, that's true. I forgot. Yeah, because it's his network. I know. I mean, that place is like a dream. Because what I like about places like that is not easy to get to, so it really keeps the riffraff out. Yeah, yeah. It's. I remember one time. I've never been. Me and my buddy Croy went on a we we went on a camping trip, and we thought we were the only ones there. And uh, I had to take a shit, Mm -hmm. and they had a porta potty in the thing. And I mean, this is going to sound really crass, but I grew up in Florida. In Florida, if you had to take a shit and you were on the beach, you just took your pants off and you shit in the water. You sure. just took a shit in the water. Yeah. And you wiped with your finger, rinsed your hands, and then that's it. Okay. And it was all, we did it all the time. All the fucking time. By the way, there's people that I grew up with going, I never did that, but I did it. Mm-hmm. Croy did it. Came and did it. We all fucking did it. So, uh, by the way, it's not even the worst thing we did. So... We're out on Catalina. We're on this beach over in Sharks Bay. No one's around. And Croy's like, uh, I go, I gotta take a shit. And he's like, he's like, just go in the water. And I was like, I was like, I haven't done that in like easily 15 years. And he right. was like, no one's here. We're fine. We had some friends with us, but they weren't coming over. Like from friends were camping with us. Yeah. So I go in the water. I take a shit. And it's a huge log. And the water's so clear this day. We can see it in the waves. We can see it floating in the oh waves. Like God. just the wave would go up and it would just go perpendicular. And we're laughing at how big it is. And all of a sudden, a fucking group of Asian tourists shows up out of nowhere. That's like great. ten of them. And they get in the water and I'm watching my log <laughs> float to them. And there's no there's like there's a huge language barrier. But the commonality is what that is they know what shit looks like just as much <laughs> as I know what shit looks okay, like. Okay, yeah. And, um, and and the, like our only saving grace would be for me to get in the water and grab it and throw it. Uh, and I'm like, I'm not doing no, that. No, no. And then luckily they got out of the water and it just got pulled out. It got pulled out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, thank God. I love, I love Catalina. Catalina is my favorite place. We in the were world. gonna, yeah, we were gonna go there for a, for a trip. And then like it's getting cold right now to be camping outside. Uh, I've never been to the Channel Islands. We should do that. Yeah, there's no the- motors allowed over there. Really? So you have to kayak. You have to like take a boat, kayak, bring everything in. It's a national park. Really? Yeah. How far is the kayak? How far is the kayak? Well, yeah. I mean, then you just, then it's yours. 
you take a boat. Oh, you, you get, take a boat there and then you get kayak dropped off, there, yeah. and then you can kayak around all these islands that are on the have you ever done a sea kayak? No, I kayaked through the Everglades alone one time, and that was scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I never do. I didn't know I was afraid of alligators until one came in, and I was like, I'm very afraid of alligators. Oh my god, alligators are fucking terrifying. So, but they're so scary. Yeah, dude, we went. Um, we were in Seattle and on trip flip, and they were like, um, "We're gonna go sea kayaking," and they're like, "We have one legit sea kayak, and then we have two like kind of." little less complicated mm -hmm. and they're always like Bert's the expert why don't we put him in this one yeah and I got in it and the second I got in the water it felt real squirrely like it was just like it, like it could really flip you upside down and I'm I'm like tarped in mm -hmm. and I say to the guy I'm like so what do I do like how do I if I flip upside down he goes if you flip upside down uh you're not gonna get back up in the thing and he's like it that will not happen so it's best if you just Eskimo roll and I was like I don't. I can't Eskimo roll, and he's like, "Okay, that's fine. Yeah, just don't flip upside down." And I go, "Well, how do I avoid what? that?" And he goes, "It's very easy. Um, just make sure that you are always uh, paddling. Keep a paddle in the water, okay. and make sure the pad you're just always paddling." And he goes, "Because uh, when most people flip is when they stop paddling, they start looking around, and they're like, he goes, so just very calmly, just always make sure there's a paddle in the water.'" And I was like, "Okay." So we start paddling, and the other two people can very easily stop theirs, and they kind of stop to talk to the boat, and I'm just like, well, i got to keep going. And then next thing you know, I can't turn around to see them. I have no idea how far they am, and I start going out the sound, and I'm like going out to sea yeah. <laughs> because I'm terrified of flipping over because now I'm in like the fucking middle of the ocean, yeah. and I'm just paddling and paddling and paddling, and the boat comes up, and they're like, what are you doing? And I go, I can't turn around. Oh I don't God. know how to turn around. Turn around. Sea kayaks are scary as fuck. Yeah, man. Oh, dude. Yes. Okay. So I'll I'll just tell you that Everglades story because this is a Florida story that you'll understand. Yeah. So I was down there shooting a shooting a thing, <laughs> and I had like a day off, and the other people didn't want it. They were like, "We want to sit in the hotel." I'm like, "I'm fucking over hotels." We were shooting in Tampa, and I was yeah. like, "I'm gonna rent a car and I'm gonna go to the Everglades." And I went down there. Oh my god. Yeah. Like the legit. Oh my god. Okay. So I go down. And They're filled with fucking alligators. Yes. So I go down. And filled with alligators and fucking pythons. Right. And I'm alone and I just like pull up. It's probably like two or three. I got like a late start. And I go, hey, can I want to rent a, um, a uh, kayak and take it out there. And the guy was like, okay, cool. Um, I was like, where, where can I see alligators? Probably. He's like, oh, you want to go this way? I was like, yeah, I'm going to go that way. And he's like, I'm going to leave at five. If you're not back by then, no worries. Just pull the kayak up. And then, uh, you know, just leave it there and I'll get it in the morning. And I was like, all right, all right. And I'm like, so confident, feeling so cool. Like, I'm oh. like, man, this is some real like fucking Huck Finn shit. And then I was, you know, like pretty, I have a map, but it's still scary. It's like a fucking maze. And I'm like cruising, cruising, cruising. I was like, that's a big log. And then the log just goes under towards me. And I was like, does it have fucking alligator? And I start backpedaling. I was yelling, sorry. I didn't yeah. know what because it was completely alone. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. My bad. Sorry, I didn't sorry. I you were along. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I was like, I like got back and it was like 630. I was like, they would have not known for like a oh, day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I have a memory of as a kid. We went, uh, it was the first time I ever heard uh, Jimmy Buffett's uh, fins to the left, fins okay. to the right. Sure. I mean, we were in Seth Eaker's van and Seth Eaker's dad was taking us on a, on a, on a canoe trip and so it was Seth Eaker and his dad and me and my dad in a canoe I, in my, by the way my memory is fucking horrible because I remember things 
really jaded into a fantastic story. Oh, yes. And so... That's what, like, yeah, like, um, you know Grace. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell a story and she's, and then afterwards she's like, how does it really go? Yeah. Like, how, what really happened? <laughs> <laughs> my wife does that all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my wife's always shocked when it's, when it's close she goes you know that's actually true <laughs> yeah, exactly. i'm like yeah they're all fucking true in my yeah. head yeah yeah exactly <clears throat> and so i go to we go to the um we go into the the uh into i, I don't know what maybe the swanee river some one of the isnatuckney rivers mm -hmm. and we get in this in this whatchamacallit and we start going down like little tiny things and there's alligators all around yeah they're everywhere and I was like, I remember being in first, I was in first grade and I was like, holy, my dad's like, keep your hands in the canoe, buddy. Yeah. And they were just everywhere. And you're like, and they're like, they won't bother you as long as you don't bother them. And I was like, the fuck they don't. Yeah. Dude, they got, they got bit. Alligators were a real problem when we were growing up. Yeah. They're like, dinosaurs. You, d dude, have you seen, I was, I was watching some documentary. I think it was, a tra I was like, that sounds, you know, I just punched that story so up. When we talk about how I exaggerate a story, I wasn't watching a documentary. I was looking at a video on Instagram today, <laughs> and it was it was a tra it was a trailer for a new travel channel show about this guy, the Grizzly Man. And but he not Grizzly Man. That guy got eaten. That's a documentary about Timothy Treadwell. That was fucking Timothy. Timothy Treadwell. That guy. He, him and his chick both got hurt, right? Eaten, right? What? Him and his lady. Yeah, that came and the out. Camera rolled. Well, the the sound audio. And uh, you don't hear it in the documentary, but it's just like Werner Herzog wat watching somebody listen to. He goes, "It's probably best if we never give away that audio." Like you're like, "Oh man, I kind of want to hear it, but I shouldn't." Oh, you can't, you can't unhear that. He doesn't, he doesn't play it, but he's like, "It, it was terrible." Oh, I bet it was fucking out of this world. Yeah, man, Werner Herzog kills me when he talks. When there's a thing that happens when when someone when something real happens, um. It, it's amazing that like how the intensity translates immediately. Oh yeah, like the, yeah, just like like seeing something real. I'm trying to think what happened. There. I was like, oh, I didn't know that could happen. Do you remember when they pulled that Asian guy off the plane? Oh my god! Do you remember the noises he made? It's like no, I mean it's crass, but like one of my favorite things to do is when he is hanging on to the side of that after they let him back on the plane, and he's just going, "Kill me, kill me." <laughs> Kimmy, like anytime I'm super hungover, and my friends like, "How's it going?" I'm like, "Just like Kimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy," because <laughs> yeah, it's insane, dude. man. Oh, it's like, dude. And the craziest part about it is, I think United doubled down after that. Like, really? Have you flown United lately? Mm -mm. They're like, that's who we are now. Really? They're mean as fuck. <laughs> I'm like, you should be like giving people pillows and massages. That's it's a really crazy situation to be in where they. They should have the right to tell someone to get off a plane if they need to. Mm -hmm. Like that should be the way that they. Sh it's their aircraft. Yes, but also don't do that ever. Don't don't pull up oh. an old doctor's belly and smash his face against a bunch of shit. But you know, but you know, the video they didn't show was probably the dude who was like, "Man, come on, just tell us not make this into a thing." Yeah, I don't. I don't it was nuts, man. I had I forget what happened. Uh, just something else had happened recently. But yeah, that that video alone was I was like it was hair raising. I've seen I've seen I've flown so much. I've seen some crazy shit. I dropped a bag on a dude's face one time. Oh, a roller bag on yeah. a dude's face. Mm -hmm. I was getting on the plane. I was late. I was like towards the end of boarding. 
Um, I'm always last guy. Love being last guy. Oh, I'm always first. I like being the first person on the plane. Oh, I hate it. I love it. I love it. I love it more than anything. I, I want to be the. I'm the very first person, and I'm I'm listen because of my status. I get they let they call my name and bring yeah. me on first. I love it. I was getting on a plane from Edmonton to I think it was Edmonton Edmonton to uh, to Phoenix. And I merch sales in Canada are fucking through the roof, especially okay. during the oil boom. And I might have had six thousand dollars cash on me, cash Canadian. Right. And so, I, I go to I'm drunk. I go to put my bag up, and as I push it, there's a bag that won't let it go. So I push it, and it just kind of moves down and mm -hmm. falls. Yep. Now it lands on a guy's face and breaks his glasses. Oh shit. Lands on his face. Yeah. And he, what I did not know is he had previously been fighting with the flight attendant oh, no. pretty aggressively. Flight attendant did not see it. All she sees is him losing his shit on me. I am so apologetic. Yes. I'm like, sir, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I was like, I, I, and he, he is stunned and has a little bit of a head injury. Yes. And believes that me and the, and the flight attendant have teamed have, up. Have teamed Collusion. Up. Have yeah, collusion. Yeah. That she said to me, real quick, I know I don't know you at all. Drop that bag on that guy's face. I'm like, done, of course. Anything for a person I don't know. Yeah. And then just went and gone, wham. Mm -hmm. And he's like, She did this. She did this. And I'm oh like, and I'm confused. I'm like, No, I definitely I don't know. And then this woman is getting blamed for me dropping the bag on. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I'm like super apologetic. And I keep I hear him talking about him sitting right in front of him. So I'm like, I like before we take off, I go, sir, once again. And he goes, don't talk to me unless you're willing to pay for these glasses. And I go, 100% I'll pay for those glasses. Yeah. And he goes, they're expensive glasses. I said, that's fine. I said, I have no problem. I'll give you money right now. And he goes, you don't have that money on you. I said, name a price. And he goes, they're $500. And I went, okay. That's and I fine. pulled out $6,000 yeah, yeah, in yeah. cash and I counted it off and I gave them to him. I go, there's $500. I tell you what, here's another $100 for your trouble. Mm -hmm. I apologize. And he's like, stunned. And yep. then I hear his wife go, they weren't $500. And he was like, and then he hits me, he goes, okay, they're really like $300. And I actually, they're not even, I have a new set getting made. So like, I don't, so I, I can't give you, I can't take all your money. And he, and he gets money back. So we get, we land and there's cops waiting for him. Oh shit. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit. And the guy fucking scoots past the cop and they grab me and they're like, who's the guy? Point him out. And I'm like, I can't snitch. Yeah. I go, I fucking created this problem. I can't. I go, I got to be honest with you, none of this would have happened if I hadn't dropped my bag on his face. And they're like, you dropped a bag on his face? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I got, I, we just said we're up at the All Things Comedy Festival and I don't drink, I don't do shots. And I saw, ran Steve Byrne. It's fun to run into pals on festivals. Yeah, of course. So me and Steve did a bunch of shots and then I had to fly home in the morning. Like I always booked the earliest flight out because I'm like, that'll keep me from drinking. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. And I got cut off without even, just by how I looked. Like, I was Are like, you serious? I was like, can I get a beer? And the woman on the flight was like, mm, I think you're all right. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck is that mean? And so I was like, I was like, land. I was like, this is a new low. Got cut off on how I looked. <laughs> I, uh... Have you heard about the revolution in online furniture shopping and Joybird, the company behind all of it? Joybird believes that you should never settle when it comes to your own home furnishings and that you should always have the freedom to be boldly original. From idea to reality, they empower you to create the space and furniture that brings you joy. We have a Joybird couch, and it is the reason we're getting offices. They have such cool designs. Leanne picked out the couch she wanted, 
and then said, it doesn't really belong in our house right now, but we're going to get an office space so that we can put it in there. So she got the couch. She absolutely loves the couch, but she wants to set like the whole office up around this one couch. She fell in love with the couch. It's pretty fucking badass. With Joy Bird, you get one-of-a-kind furniture made to your unique taste, just like my wife. Unique taste. Turn your ideas into reality with hundreds of styles and options, mid-century modern, contemporary classics, customizing an array of fabric choices from leather to plush velvets, every color imaginable, wide range from kids and pet-friendly upholstery, options available, free personal design consultants to help you nail down the perfect design, quality handcrafted furniture. Each piece is made by hand with care and precision using high-quality hardwood and responsibly sourced materials to fit your exact specifications. And here's the best part. You get a 365-day home trial. Skip the furniture store, bring the showroom to you, sit on it, sleep on it, break it in. And if you don't love your Joybird, return it for a full refund, hassle-free, in-home delivery. They'll even remove all the packing materials, free returns within two weeks of delivery. Right now, see how Joybird is revolutionizing online furniture shopping. Create the furniture that brings you joy at joybird.com slash Burtcast. Go to joybird.com slash Burtcast and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the promo code BERTCAST. I'd also like to talk to you about Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy, in a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers like myself and you to invest for the first time with true confidence, simple and intuitive, clear designs with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. I love it. I love being in charge of my own destiny financially and making decisions without having to run things by my broker and just go, you know what? I got a gut feeling about these spider stocks. It's not spider stocks. It's an old one. It's one, it's one my dad used to invest in spider stocks. I had this new thing that I wanted to invest in, and I ran it by my guy, and he was like, well, I don't know, why don't we do some research, we'll get into it, and then it blew the fuck up, and I wish I had jumped on it right away, and here's the other great part, you pay no commission fees, no cost, other brokerage firms charge up to $10 every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees, trade stocks and keep all the profits, it's easy to understand charts, market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. Robinhood's web platform also lets you view stock collections, like the 100 most popular sectors in entertainment, social media, or if you're like my wife, categories like female CEOs, and analysis ratings, buy, hold, sell for every stock. Learn by doing it. Learn how to invest by building your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies with personalized news feed, custom Notification for price movements so you'll never miss the right time to invest. Robinhood is giving my listeners right now a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. I think they're called like blue chip stocks. I don't know. Uh, that's but You can use Robinhood to find out what they're called. They're like the, they're like the foundation stocks. Sign up at BurtCast.Robinhood.com. That's BurtCast.Robinhood.com. That's BurtCast.Robinhood.com. Dot com. I I had quit drinking on planes, and then I started this past weekend. And they uh, were we were flying home, and I was just putting them. I was chasing them back. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean like I try to be like, hey, look, like let's be reasonable. Let's save some time here. This is a fucking six hour flight. Yeah, three beers isn't crazy. Let's just just do that right now, dude. I'll tell you right now, six beers isn't crazy. That's what I mean. Flight. But I'm playing it safe. I'm yeah. like, let's do three now. 
And then, hey, in an hour or two, let's do three more. I'm trying to streamline your time and my time. Oh, yeah. And they do not like that. I said to a flight attendant one time, I got cut off flying to South Africa. He was like, <laughs> he was like sir, you've had, uh, you've had four beers. And I went, okay. And I let him walk away. And then I went up to the middle galley and I went, here's the situation we're in. Um, I have severe flight anxiety. And the only thing that calms down is drinking beers. No, we have an option. I can go to my bag and I can eat a Xanax and we can have a mess on our hands. <laughs> I've already had four beers. I'll take a milligram of Xanax yeah. and God bless what happens then. Or sure. I can all my life, I'll tell you, I won't take that Xanax if you can find a way to keep serving me beers. And he's like, I can give you a beer every hour on the hour. I go, if we start right now, you got a deal. Oh. Hands me a beer and I looked at my watch and I was like, 41, here mm -hmm. we go. And I would just pace it. I, and I, as long as I had the beer in my hand, I was calm. Sure. And then and then I just murder it up until, and then at one point I saved a beer. Oh, I was nice. like, I'm going to save a beer. And then what I'll do is I'll kill one, kill the other one, and then wait an hour and kill that one. I was like, oh, here we go. Like, it was almost a fun little game. That is a fun game. It's also pretty reasonable too. I mean, like, because you don't want to show up blasted. Oh, I've... I've shown up so blasted me too but i'm like five beer like because i flew from new york to la so often that i'd be like five six beers is fine but like yeah. if you get a real cool flight attendant who's like hey what's up you know then they'll you know then they're then they're giving you freebies oh yeah and like girlfriend's picking you up or wife's picking you up and they're just like oh god <laughs> oh know? i love when they say to me they're like what's like, up they go you're not you're not driving today are you yeah and then i and that's when my that's when i flex my privilege uh, Ma'am, I haven't driven myself to the airport Ooh. in 15 years. <laughs> and they're like, excuse me? I said, I know that I drink on planes, so I always have a car service. Yeah. And they're like, oh, car service. And I was like, oh, I should have said taxi. Yeah, no, no, you got to say car service. Yeah. That's great. I'm trying to... Um, I went. I don't even remember what the story was. Never mind. It was a plane story about something that was unimportant. Oh, I try to play it too cool on planes. You know what I mean? Like to where, like if it's really bad... I try to act like nothing's a big, like my worry is that if a plane is legitimately crashing and everyone's screaming, I'm just going to be like, this is lame. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I try to play it too much. Like it's going to be fine. Not it me. might not be. Not me. I was on a flight coming in from Alaska to Seattle and we're over, what is it? Halifax? What's that? What's that? Like oh, the Nova Hal Scotia? Halifax, but that's not Alaska. No, no. It's Juneau? Like, no, no, no. We're, we're Vancouver? flying. Vancouver? We're flying probably over Vancouver. Okay. But we're like just outside, but we're over like, we're over the water and it's mm -hmm. just horrible bumps. I'm sitting next to my cameraman, this guy, Mike, and um, and I'm freaking out and he's super calm. One of the most Zen dudes. And he's like, what are you worried about? And I was like, that I'll die, Mike. That's what I'm, I'm worried I'm going to die. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, but you lived a, you've lived a great life. And I said, Mike, I haven't done shit with my life. Mm -hmm. And he goes, do you realize what an insult that is? And I go, why? And he goes, I'm your cameraman. All I've done is yeah. film you doing mm -hmm. shit. So if you haven't done shit, I haven't done anything with my right. life. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I have this thing of like, if I died now, like if I, like, I'd be like, well, at least there was still potential. Do you know what I mean? Be like, oh, uh, yeah, it's some potential. You know I died. I Here, I got this beer sponsor. Let's see if this works. Okay, cool. But, but you know, like, oh, my, my, my best friend and writing partner Burns had a good point the other day. He goes, never try your hardest because what if it sucks? <laughs> He's like, what if you find out you're not any good? So I always give it 80%. And I was like, that is the saddest yet good advice I've ever gotten. It's sad. It's not good advice. No, it's terrible advice. That is, that is the what's going on with the majority of 
of, of comedy, comics of comedy. Yeah, no, I no, dude. If you if you pay money to come to my show, I'm gonna try my fucking hardest. Places I won't are showcase shows. Like here in yeah. LA, I'm working on shit. Yeah, but if you paid money and you got a babysitter, I'm giving you a million percent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in a flight. Not to get, not to harp on these drinking stories, but I have so many drinking stories. Sure. I was in a flight in a helicopter in New Zealand. See, that's what you got. Yeah, you got all these. This is great. Oh, that's what the thing about if I died, if I died t- t- tomorrow in a plane crash, um, I lived, I've lived the greatest life you could ever imagine. I would right. have liked to finish my tour next year. Mm-hmm. I'd like to die at the end of that. Sure. But uh, personally. Maybe watch your you know, daughter. Well, yeah, obviously I'd yeah, like yeah, to, yeah, I'd yeah, like yeah. to watch my daughters get married and all that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, also just before, after the tour. And so <laughs> let's get some on tape. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, but I was in a helicopter. We we're flying over, uh, I think it's called glass Lake or whatever. I don't know. It's this huge fucking Lake mm-hmm. in New Zealand, in Queensland, Queens, Queenstown. It's and Christ, it's like Christtown or in Queensland. Uh, who knows? And so. I say to the guy Christchurch in I, Queensland. Is that what it is? I think Christchurch is one of them. I, think, I don't you know were why. Just I there, care. right? I was just in Tasmania. Oh, Tasmania's. I heard uh, it was fun as fuck. I said to Segura, I was like, I kind of want to go do a tour there, just knowing what Nanette said about it. I think those guys would really like me. Oh, see, I never watched Nanette. Um, oh, it's good. Yeah, I my only qualm, and this is not against that at all. I just, and I have a problem with watching comedy specials in general. Oh, I like them. Um, well, I was just like, I, and this is maybe people will get pissed at me, but I was like, don't, if, if you're telling me I got to watch something cause it's important, not yeah. because it's funny. I'm already coming at it with a different angle. Oh yeah. It's, you know it's, what I mean? And yeah. that's just, that's my own insecurities. Uh, but I'm just like, I was told by too many people to, I have that, that I need to. And I'm like, well now I'm not going to, because I've been told to, if I found it, I would have loved it. Um, but Tasmania is dope. Yeah. Uh, it's like the most it's like it, it's like i feel like australia 60 years ago whoa i mean because it's just it's really it like australia feels kind of like southern california a little bit tasmania does not really it's not it's because it's like it's where if you were a convict you were sent to australia and then if you didn't stop convicting they put you in tasmania so that's oh. all those people there they're that's awesome fascinating yeah it's cool as hell um Anyway, we're flying in a helicopter over this over this fucking lake, and it's a long flight. And I tell the guy we're we're at the place getting ready to take off, and I say to the guy, "You know what? I would love to have a cocktail before this." And he was like, uh, "I'd rather you didn't." And I said, "Oh, because normally I'd like to take a cocktail with me, really." Yeah, that's kind of like, what I, I was. You were like, "I was uh, I was lowballing you." Yeah, yeah, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh," and he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll just bring a water bottle and, you know, whatever. Yeah. I guess, oh, sure. I'll just get gonna, some fluids. I'm going to bring a Gatorade. And so I grab uh, <laughs> I grab this water bottle. I fill it with ice. I fill it with Jack, right? Yeah. Load it up to the top of Jack. We start flying and I am putting it back. I'm putting it back before the flight and we're over the lake and I am murdering it. And we got my two travelers and the pilot and we're all wearing headsets. And all of a sudden I hear, this is a super small... Uh, aircraft i, can I definitely can smell the jack and i went sorry and he goes i thought i told you not to bring that and i was like yeah that wasn't gonna happen buddy i'm sorry yeah and he's like all right no quick movements just don't kill us and i was like i'm not gonna kill anyone wait were you flying it? no 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 but the whole fear is 
if you get drunk and freak out that you could just go uh, fuck this and you fuck they uh, don't want they don't want it's such a small thing i see what you mean i was like wait okay i agree with him if you were about to fucking pilot it dude i've i've had so many helicopters i've known think i've ever had a sober helicopter flight i had one in brazil where we went up to the christ the redeemer mm-hmm. which is fucking high as shit yeah and the guy took us out like went up to christ the redeemer circled it and then stayed parallel to it and just went back out over the city and hung out there. Stayed still in a helicopter, hovering at like, what, fucking 10,000 feet? That's just a- staying still. And I was like, are we doing this for a reason? No fucking English. No English. I'm like, can we go? And he's like, okay, yep, 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 yep. yep. Jiu-jitsu? Yeah, he just says jujitsu and God. That's nuts. See, here's what I think. You get to do this, which is amazing. What I do think being a you know an engineer for four years and having 10 days vacation a year for four years made me realize is how incredibly lucky we are to be comedians and whatever, have, what have you not, because like that's why I want to take advantage of everything and travel and camp as much as I can because we m- most people only get 10 days a fucking year to themselves. Yeah. That's crazy. We are in the like 1% of the world that gets to be like, you know what? I'm going to take fucking June off. You know what I mean? We are so lucky and you took advantage of it. I take advantage of it. I get so mad at my comedian friends who don't. Like, why are we, what do you, another weekend here? You're like Ari. Ari loves that shit. Me and Ari get along so well over that shit. You guys are identical. He loves, he texted me yesterday and he was like, uh, we're all going skiing Mm -hmm. uh, for like a week in January. And he's like, I really appreciate, no, I don't want it to go unspoken, but I really appreciate um, that with your schedule being what it is, you're taking time to hang out with friends. And I was like, well, yeah, if I don't, like, I can't just hang out with my family. Right. If I just hang out with my family, then I don't have like, I don't have life stories. I don't have stories. I, I need to hang out with like sure. friends. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, like, it's cool. Yeah. And Ari and I get along well over our uh, lack of funny Instagram like oh, yeah. we both like I was like I like how you take I like how you care and you take photos and he's like yeah like you have photos you know like cause yeah, yeah. we're like because everyone else is like check out my butt like and I'm yeah. like no I'm like I like the, a different art form yeah it's not Insta- I think I mean I love Instagram someone just told me about this new thing um, Cameo and then immediately everyone was like do not fucking do Cameo oh, really? I don't everyone. know what I don't know what Cameo is Cameo is like this video you do shout outs for money oh i know what that is and i was like and i signed up for it and then immediately everyone's like dude take it down no 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 that's like some real housewives shit man yeah it, that you is that, exactly that. what it is yeah you can't do that shit that's uh that's it's exactly that, that's when you don't got is. any other money rolling in if you still got money rolling in you don't need to be on that shit that, that's what uh that's what my agent said to me <laughs> the guy who wants the money was like yeah, do yeah. not do that no yeah you can't do that shit um, so i had to take my profile down but but i like i i really like photography so i liked instagram just as a different tool than i'm like i don't have to be funny on this if i don't want to i can just wait what's your instagram it's just my name it's just brooks whelan but i haven't you don't have to look it up at all right now but it's just like fun i'd like photography um and like I get my my agents like you don't promote enough, and I'm like, well, that's I don't want to bug my fans, but what are you gonna do? It's all I don't even know what I've been up to. I haven't traveled in a few weeks. So. You got new shoes? Oh no, I had to retire some shoes. Yeah, is that is that what what it was? Yeah, I retired my shoes, but yeah, it's all it's a lot of like Tasmanian shit in there. It's fun, but it's like stuff that I like that like Ari digs and stuff. 64,000 followers. 
Sure. Compared to your girlfriend, what do you think she has? Um, she she's has millions, lot? millions. Really? Yeah. Of course. She's no. What's what she really does? Yeah. Um. So wait, what's the what's what's interesting is like in talking to you and not and not knowing any of this, you seem like a type A personality. Was that you? Like like seems like someone who went to school was good at taking notes, was good at studying. No. I was really, I'm really good at test taking. What do you mean? I could miss every class and learn that class in like a 12 hour night session. Really? Yes. So that's, I would learn, I could learn everything then forget it after the test. Really? So I've just like always been able to like figure it out. And I think that's what sucked about SNL so bad. <coughs> it was the first thing I couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure it out. Really? Yeah. But but yeah, I don't know. I was just like everything. I was like, I'll do this and then it'll lead to this and it'll lead to this and it'll lead to this. And then, yeah, until I got to like the thing that I was like, well, I don't know, know what to do. And it just didn't work out. So, but, so what, what, when you look at your career, when you look at stand up, what is, is, how does that apply to the way you approached medical, chemical, bioengineering? engineering? Um, I mean, I think my, uh, the thing I'm the most, what are the parallels? Like, where, you know? Well, the thing I'm the most proud of is, of, is like I can pull it together when I need to, you know. It's just yeah. like biomedical engineering, like college. Like I can pull it together. My roommates couldn't. You know what I mean? Like I'd be like they'd spend all Sunday drinking, and I was like Sundays when I go and lock myself in the in the engineering building, you know. But I don't know, like really, would, and you could do that. Yeah, hungover as fuck. I needed to go read, you know, so much shit and learn everything and i was a tutor i really lucked out you dig this uh i didn't luck out but i got arrested for public intox when i was 20 yeah and i didn't have any money and i didn't want my parents to know about it so i got a job tutoring <laughs> to make money and then i would tutor the classes i was taking on purpose so i would have to learn them and teach them to other people really so that way i could that's how i would learn everything because i would be like all right let's go through the book together and then it would just be me learning the book at the same time. Oh shit! Yeah, it was it was like me getting arrested is how I got through college because I would need it money. It was like seven hundred dollars, and if you're twenty, I I sold every CD I had. I sold my PlayStation. Like I didn't have. I had like forty dollars. Really? Yeah. So that's like how I got through that. What was the arrest like? Oh, it was. I've deserved to be arrested. <laughs> You know what I mean? And this was not one of those times. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this was not one of those times. I've deserved to be arrested. This is not. I had a buddy one time we were driving. He was drinking and he goes, uh, you know, I think like most of the time when you're drinking and driving, like 92% of the time, mm -hmm. you're completely fine to drive. Like you I, you can totally drive. Sure. And I said, yeah, I agree. And he goes, right now is that 8%. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend in college when. The bars would close at two and there was a casino like 10 miles away. Yeah. And uh, he would take, I never had to drive drunk ever because he did always. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And he would like, we would take it on. He'd go, let's take her on a tester. <laughs> and we would drive around the block in his, take fucking, her on a tester. in his shitty old BMW. I call it the world's worst BMW. It, but he was still like, it's a BMW. I'm like, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes he'd be like, can't make it. And then we'd just, <laughs> wake up in the morning it'd be parked across like three lanes like oh. i mean because we lived in like this you know not three lanes it wasn't parked in the yeah. middle of the street but it was parked like in the park three lot. parking spots yeah and we're like Ugh. <laughs> so when you got arrested what was the it was uh it was halloween i was dressed like ali g and we were i thought you were gonna say ali wong 
Yeah. Well, how progressive is that? You're, you were dressed as Ali Wong. I mean, before I saw the Ali future of how big she was going to be. Uh, <laughs> um, and no, it was just we were. Jo- it was cold. It was Iowa. Uh, Halloween is cold, and we were jogging home, and we jogged past a house that had just been um, robbed. We didn't, but so cops pull up with their cherries on, and uh, me and my butt are like, we're twenty, we're underage, we're like, fuck, you know. So yeah. we split. And the cops oh like grabbed him and the other one tackled me, but I, I grew up like wrestling so I can, I can get away from shit. So yeah. I just, I didn't wrestle per se, but I just, you know, just like got away. It was like, get off of me. No way. Yeah. You know, and this is, I'm white. So they're not going to just shoot at me, <laughs> uh, which is dope. And, uh, I ran and got away and I fucked up. I jumped over a fence and fucked up my chin on a bird bath. It was terrible. But then I got back to my apartment. I was bragging that I had just escaped from the cops, but I didn't know where my bud was. I won't say his name because he's an asshole. But uh, knock on the door. I answer. It's the cops. They He told him where I lived. So uh, they arrest. I got a public intox and then interference with official acts, like not assault or anything. But still super expensive. Had to go to jail. Not fun. Oh, they took you to jail from right there? Yeah, yeah. Well, they took me to the house to be like, is this the guy who robbed the house? And they're like, No. He yeah. wasn't dressed like Ali G. Uh, and I was like, see, misunderstanding. Uh, and the guy's like, yeah, you still Back fuck to it. home, please. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. So, yeah. So, either way, that's, I mean, it's the most boring arrest story, but it like led me to needing money. Yeah. Because my dad was like hardcore. He was like, uh, I, got a, I got a possession of alcohol under the legal age before that, like a week before that, which means I was just drinking beers outside. And my dad was like, if you get another one of those, I'm going to pull you out of college and you have to go to community college uh, at our, in my hometown. And I was like, what? I'm doing all right. Yeah, like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm a biomedical engineer. And I yeah. like, you want me to go do what? So I couldn't tell him. So I had to go make money. You couldn't tell him. You're like, I want a career and I don't want to just ruin my life. Yeah, I yeah, I I mean, it it scared me enough to never tell them. I mean, they probably know about it now. I've talked about it, but what was your what were your parents like? Were they like typical Midwest? Yeah, they're cool. They're from Missouri. I don't know. My dad loves my brothers all wrestled. We all grew up wrestling. He loves baseball. I'm named after Brooks Robinson. Yeah. My brother's named after George Brett. Uh, yeah, dad <laughs> likes third baseman. He would like take us to, like baseball card shows and like pawn us off on these you know, icons. To yeah. be like, hey, his name is Brooks too, and then get fucking signatures. I don't know. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, and then my mom's chill. She's a normal lady who worries too much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about yours? What are your parents like? They're uh, my dad is a really uh, sweet-hearted man, but does not get my personality mm-hmm. at all. And uh, my mom gets it too much. Like she, she. And I, I couldn't do anything wrong in that woman's eyes, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my dad, I never, he never understood me, and I still, he still doesn't understand me. Sure, yeah, my, I, I think once I got on SNL, they were like, okay, I guess comedy's okay. But it took until then. My dad, I called my dad one time, and I had a TV show, and I had a development deal, and I had had a development deal the year before, and I had all this money, and I said, you know, well, what do I do? Like, what am I supposed to do? And he's like. It's like the first time I have ever talked to my dad is like not an equal, but right. he, he's like, I don't know, man. I've never made that much money. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh? And he was like, I mean, I've, I've made money, but I've never made that much at once. I don't know what to do with it. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, he's like, I guess you just listen to your agents and managers. That's great. Yeah. 
And to this day, I mean, I think he 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 had a, we had a conversation um, towards the end of my run of Travel Channel. Uh, we were we were at the at our beach house, and I was saying, you know, I just you know I just hope you know Birth Conquer gets picked up. I hope I can do another show with them. I'm, you know, my dad's like really, and I said, yeah. And I've said this, I've talked about this one moment more probably than anything on the podcast, but Bill and Joe had kind of pulled me aside and said, you know, you, you, your show's not that great. You're a better comic than you are a travel channel host. Just do your podcast and do stand up. And I think it'll, you'll, you'll be a lot happier than like spending all this time on the road. Yeah. I mean, I've tra- like, I went and made uh, three short travel shows. It's not shooting fun. Things is hard. Oh yeah. Cause oh. you got a mic up. You gotta fucking. It's not. They're just not. Just. It's not just on the fly. It's not like go have fun. We'll get it. Oh, we had, we were it's shooting eighteen-hour days. At it's time. really hard. And I was saying to my dad, I was like, you know, I just, you know, my friend said this, and but you know what? And my dad, had, a long time ago, my dad had said to me, I'd gotten a gig with the Jameson Comedy Tour, mm-hmm. and my dad was like, um, and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna take it. My dad's like, it's five thousand dollars a weekend. And I was like, I know, but money's not important, Dad. They're trying to tell me what to say, and I'm an artist. And yeah. My, my dad said to me something that stuck with me to a flaw. He said, "Buddy, you have two kids. Eat shit and cash checks. Eat shit. That's what a man does. A man eats shit mm-hmm. and cashes checks." And I said to my dad that day on the beach, I was like, at the beach house, I go, I go, you know, hopefully I just, you know, they get pick it up. And he's like, "Is that what you want to do?" And I was like, "No, I mean, I'd love to do stand up, but you know, eat shit and cash checks." And my dad started crying. Oh, man. He was like, I fucked up. Yeah. I fucked up, man. He was like, I fucked up, Bert. I fucked you up. He was like, I was just saying, that's the way I lived my life. Like, you're different than me. Yeah. And he was like, listen, he's like, if you don't take, and I had already talked to my therapist. My therapist was like, you need to go into the Travel Channel meeting. And when they ask you what you want to do, don't be a company man. Tell them what you want to do. Tell them you do not want to ride roller coasters anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I told my dad that. My dad's like, buddy, if you're ever going to roll the dice on yourself, Now's the chance. You're like yeah. 40, I think I was <clears throat> 42 or 43. And he was like, now's the chance to roll the dice on yeah, yourself. Yeah, so he'd had more, he'd had enough life experience. He wasn't worried about you anymore. You yeah. Know? I and, think the parents are just worried about us. They're like, oh, hey, I'm man, worried about my sh- kids. Yeah. I'm terrified for them just on little stuff like going to school, making friends. and Yeah. I'm, like my dad, I remember, I'm sure he doesn't remember, but I remember, you know, like that's what I have to tell my brothers. I was like, I remember everything mom and dad ever said to us. So you need to know what you say to your seven and eight year olds because they were going to remember that. But I had a job offer to go back to Chicago for that internship to go full-time engineering there. And uh, I didn't want to go back to Chicago because I was like, that's not where it's going to happen for me. I'm going to have to go to New York or LA anyway. Yeah. So um, I turned it down without any other job prospects. And my dad was pretty, he was like, you don't turn down money. You know, you don't turn down is yeah. a great opportunity like that. Because this is an amazing company, but I just didn't want to live there. And I'm so lucky I did did turn it down, you know. Oh, yeah. We're the gateways to millennials. Sure. I mean, you're probably a millennial. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I went to, I don't think so. I don't know what I am, man. I guess technically look at my phone too much but i think everyone does now i saw whitney has an app that sh- that tells her to get off instagram that's great <clears throat> that's important. I, I, I i spent i find depression to be connected directly with my effect on my phone yes 100 percent. also you need to remember like you can go scroll through your instagram and be like look how happy my life is and look how not happy i really am that's the same way with everybody and i'm comparing myself to their happiest moments yeah i can't do that i need to remember that everybody is going through their own things 
I feel the best when I haven't touched my phone in a little bit. That's why I love camping, man. I love getting completely to where I don't have it. I have like a, a nice camera that I love, um, which is actually kind of a funny story. So I was, I'm upset. I love this camera that I have called, uh, it's a Leica M. And it's like, a, you know, the most expensive thing I bought besides a car. Yeah. But the day I went to go, um, I would I would go to the store, like the movie Christmas Story. It's in Soho. And I would go and I would just look at them and I'd like play with them and I'd talk about which one I was going to get one day. And I went in there one day um, and uh, ran into Jason Sudeikis. And this one, I'm still on SNL. And he's really nice and we have mutual friends. It's, for, it's the first time we met. He's the fucking best. And he's like... Hey man, how's it going? You know, O'Brien says nice things. I was like, same thing here, here man. I'm a big fan, giant fan. He's like, yeah, yeah, same. Really kind and nice. And then he's like, what are you doing? You're going to get a camera? I'm like, that's like looking at him. And he's like, oh, you should, come on, man. You're going to have the same money tomorrow as today, right? And I was like, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're going to uh, have the same money tomorrow as today. Yeah. It was like. Oh, he, what a fucking he, cool it, dude. What a cool dude. So I, I was like, fuck it. Today's the day. Let's do this. You know, he's like, yeah. all right, man. Uh, bought it. Got fired from Saturday Night Live the next day. <laughs> the next day. You should have called him like, No, he, he was so nice. He was like, I did not. He like, I didn't. You clearly should have listened to me, man. Clearly I didn't know. You should have listened. So nice. But yeah, I had to take it back. And oh, for real? I needed that money to move back. I needed that money for a car. Oh, fuck. You had to take the camera back? Yeah. But here's the cool thing. Oh, fuck. But then once I got my shit back together enough... I went in and rebought the camera with non SNL money and just straight stand up money and acting money. I was like, I earned this camera. I'm going to appreciate it so much more now. It took like a year and a half, but, but yeah, it was like that. Like, I don't even know how we got in that story, but it was just like, like now it means so much more than just getting it on that whim. Like what kind of camera did you get? It's just called a Leica M. It's great. It's just, it takes really cool photos, but I guess what I'm saying is I like to go out into the desert and the mountains and shoot on that and like just not have my phone on yeah the uh i my sadly my what we're going we're going uh we're going on a trip soon and uh leanne's like we should bring no um no phones and i was like well that's not gonna happen i mean i just i'm like yeah i'm just too tied to it i have to do it and mm-hmm. she was like well yeah i mean you don't have to you can definitely not bring it and i was like and she goes and if you bring yours the girls will bring theirs right and wouldn't it be better if we just did the whole week like we went skiing and i was and she was like no phones and i was like don't you want video of this trip right like i mean it's the girl's first ski trip and she was like okay phones Phones. and then of course i found an app that told you how fast you ski and i'm on my phone non i get down to the bottom with my phone out and i'm like 34 miles per hour like oh it's so fun yeah turn everything into a game plus you can plus when you're skiing santino loves snowboarding santino's really good at snowboarding and so I'll go with him sometimes and like you're in your own fucking cool borders video game. Oh yeah. You put on cool music, you're slicing down the mountain. Super smoke fun. a little bit of a, a little A little weed? A little well I can't. Jolly. I'm so bad at weed. Like when I smoke it, I'm like, All right, this is where we're staying. Like I'll ride the I'll just ride the chairlift all day if I smoke weed and just Really? Like, yeah, I can't. I'm like, I'm not moving. Oh, I like a little bit of weed to feel loose and then confident. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're going down, you're on your toes, screaming down a mountain, listening to Jane's Addiction. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. And then, oh, dude. The, and then, but it's beautiful sober, too. It's beautiful with a little bit of a beer buzz. 100%. 100%. Okay, let's talk about music. What's your favorite? Because you've seen, I'm sure, a ton. What's your top three concerts? Number one. This is going to, I mean, number one's, not, this is. This a number gonna, one is usually an early concert because it oh. meant more. Or is this not the case? 
the best concert I've ever seen live, personally, was Modest Mouse. Really? They were phenomenal. I mean, they, it was almost like they were playing. They were playing on a fucking track. Like mm-hmm. it was so. Where, it was. Where so, was it at? At the Hollywood Bowl. Okay. Or maybe the Greek. One or the other. It was probably the Greek. Um, it was so fucking amazing. That's great. Are you near? You're a big fan. At the time, I was a huge fan. Okay. Um, every time I've ever seen Wilco, I've it's been like fucking. I slept on Wilco so hard because this is such a classic story. I loved Pearl Jam, and mm-hmm. a kid I didn't like hated Pearl Jam, but loved Wilco. So I was like, Wilco sucks. And then I heard um, uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot in its oh. entirety, as opposed to just Jesus, etc., or whatever. Yeah, and I was like. This is the best band ever. This is the best band ever. Yeah, that album's so good. Okay, but go on. No, no, Wilco. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. I I have a newfound love of Wilco. Wilco is so good, and every now and then I'll be like, I'll be like, and now having said those two, I saw one time we went to the Meadowlands to watch Dave Matthews. I'm sure it was Dave Matthews, and Beck opened up for him. I had no idea Beck... I had no idea Beck was as great as Beck was until he did SNL. Because I just knew him as choking on a splanner. Yeah. Loser. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, his show. He's an uh, angel. He's got like an angel voice. Black velvet tux mm-hmm. and a piano with a slide going to the stage. And he'd play the piano and then slide down the stage on his feet and then grab the mic and dance. Dude, that was, I think that was... Odele was the what was the yeah what was the that would have been Odele. I haven't listened to Beck in forever, and He's I was that, like rediscovering a band when you get on a plane and uh, going oh like la- this last plane flight, I rediscovered Radiohead, mm-hmm. and I was like dude Karma Police might be the greatest song ever fucking. Also, your emotions are jacked on that plane, dude. Hardcore. Uh, Morning Phase is my favorite Beck album. So. That was the I will the one thing I have no problem talking about ever is the musical guests on yeah, SNL. Odele, Odele. It was it was why um Beck was a musical guest. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah, he came on and I didn't I only knew him as the fucking loser guy, you know? Yeah. And then I was doing a rewrite and I just heard like, oh and I was like, That's Beck. So I deep did a deep dive. It made it gave me musical appreciation for every form. What's every your favorite genre. what's your favorite Beck album? Morning phase. It's real chill. It's real. It's, I bought that. It's the one that he like won the Grammy over Beyonce and people went bananas. But I'm like, it's great. Why don't, they're both good. Who cares about who got that one? They're both doing fine. Um, Beck was a great one. Top five. And then uh, I saw Hank three live. Ooh. And with my whole trip flip crew, I got everyone tickets. Talk, talk about. Mason, no, never mind. Go on. No, sorry. what were you gonna say? Mason Jennings, but he's not Hank Williams third. Yeah. But it just made me think. And also, Modest Mouse is is does this musical soundtrack for this really great documentary called 180 Degrees South, uh, which is a documentary where this guy re he he goes and um, follows in the footsteps of the two dudes who created Patagonia and the North Face. Oh, these rock yeah, climbers yeah. it's on netflix it's I, called, okay it's so good it'll i'm downloading it now it'll give you like wanderlust so bad just like watching this documentary and be like what am i doing i gotta fucking i gotta take off but either way um that just made me think of that what's it called 180 degrees? 180 degrees south it's about this trip to chile that the that the guys who 
because this is like in the 70s or whatever where the climbers had to make their own shit yeah and then they started selling it and making it for other climbers and that's how patagonia and the north face got started 180 degrees south it's not coming up yeah it's like 180 yeah it's it's uh i'll send it to you it's great um last band i that really fucking blew me away I, you know, I saw Nirvana. You did? I saw Nirvana. I don't really remember it. That was... It was during my ecstasy phase. Sure. Yeah, that's a fun I thing. I think we took we took either mushrooms or ecstasy that night, and they had the they had the cross that was on. Yeah. That, By the way, this is such a shitty recollection. This is in utero, crazy. so they're, they're doing the in utero record. I, this is going to sound fucking so not true. But I think Smashing Pumpkins opened for them. I would. There was a tour that it was Chili Peppers, Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, and Pearl Jam. But they were all intermixed. And I know Billy Corgan and Kurt didn't get along because she, Courtney Love had dated Billy Corgan. Yeah. All I remember is the stage was set up that it was like. Uh, this is by the way heavy drug use the cross was in the center the cross from okay from uh, in utero or whatever what was the one where the rape me was on yeah in utero is, is that in utero yeah yeah they're the, like one of my favorite bands the cross was on um kurt was on to the left and then chris, chris novoselic was on the right mm -hmm. and dave uh Grohl was off to the side of the cross and i don't remember them moving much I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. By that time, they're too big. They're like not handling it. You know what I mean? They're like, let's just get up there. We're not going to play. Fucking, we're not going to play. Never mind. We're it was not going to Tallahassee. Play. Oh, really? Yeah, but I, it wasn't. Never mind. What I'm trying. They're not going to smell like. They're not going to play. Smells like Teen Spirit. Do I go into? Wait, did you go? You were you were a big Nirvana fan? Well, my, I was not. You know, um, I was born in '86, so they were. You know, I was eight when he killed himself. But my brother was massive Nirvana, yeah. Pearl Jam, all that stuff. And like, I like Pearl Jam because I've seen them live so many times that it really transfers. I've never seen Pearl Jam live, I don't think. It'll like kind of change your point of view on them, um, a la Bruce Springsteen. I thought Springsteen was whatever and fine. I saw, I saw Springsteen live and I didn't enjoy it. You didn't? I thought it was like fucking soul shattering. I, <laughs> I loved was like, it. I was like, this is great. I go, how long is he doing? Four hours. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey man, my feet are tired as fuck. Yeah. When's he going to play Born to Run? No, you don't even know. He might yeah. not even get to it. It was, uh, I went in LA with my buddy John, um, John Moore. Wait, how long ago? This is fucking, well, I mean, I say recent, within the last. Like two years? No. Okay. Probably five. Okay, because I went on a date, on a second date with a girl to, he played the river in its entirety. Like, this is like three years ago. And I was like, this is, this is a terrible second date. <laughs> like, I, I love Springsteen, but sprinkle in some, some hits, man. I saw, I saw. I still love that show, by the way. I saw, I love how I turned this podcast into you interviewing me about my favorite concerts. No, but I'm just, I love music and it's so like, I am just fascinated with other people from different age ranges. Oh, like yeah. What they got to see versus, you know. Well, my first concert ever was Whitney Houston with the Beach Boys. Okay. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, and my, then. Mine was Chili Peppers. Uh, Foo Fighters opened for them. Whoa. And Chili Peppers was growing up. Favorite band of all time. I have a Red Hot Chili Peppers tattoo I got when I was 17. And I was like, 
I'll never not love them. And I still think they're great. And I but, live, yeah. I see Flea around my neighborhood all the time and he's a really nice guy, but I'm like, yeah, I kind of grab that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, the person I've seen the most probably is Dwight Yoakam. Really? My wife is obsessed with Dwight Yoakam. Okay. Like. Have you seen Tales from the Tour Bus? Uh-uh. Oh, God. I'm going to text you. This, this, is a, this is the biggest. I'm not affiliated with the show at all. But it is just Mike Judge made this really great behind the music, but for old country stars. So it's the first one's Johnny Paycheck, and it's George Jones, yeah. and it's fucking like um, who's the dude who married his cousin? Uh, uh, J- uh Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, Jerry it's just Lewis. it's just great. You would I'm just saying your wife yeah. you should watch this Tales show. from the Tour Bus. Yeah, it's on Cinemax. Which make Tales from the Tour Bus on Cinemax sounds like a porno. Yeah, Tales. It's yeah. not. It's a really dope little documentary series about old country western stars being fucking Looney Tunes. Dude, I took I took one of the first times I took an edible, probably maybe ever. I, I don't even know if I had taken one before then. Um, my we had, we went down to the, I think it was the Music Hall of Fame down in uh, or the music thing down in the Sony Center mm-hmm. down by the by the Staples Center, and. Uh, and we went in, and it was a private. It was a private theater performance with by Dwight Yoakam, and he played acoustic just by himself. And he played all these songs, and I was high as fuck. I knew you couldn't drink in there. Mm-hmm. We got a we probably got a cl- couple glasses of wine, and he played this song called the Twelve Minute Reprise, I guess, or uh, something. Uh, I forget. Somebody will know. I don't know. Yeah, Dwight and Yoakam. it floored me, right. and I was like, oh my god. Like I could hear every lyric getting sent to me. And I yeah. Was like, wow. That's how, dude. I get it. Like whenever I'm high, I told like my ex one time we were at like uh, some concert in New York and it was all great and I was like each song's a play. <laughs> like, uh, but that was by far the best part. The thing I love and will forever be so appreciative from Saturday Night Live was Thursday the band rehearsal. So you could see the biggest band on the planet that week perform to 15 sound guys as hard as they can go because they're doing the blocking yeah and i would just have lunch and my girlfriend at the time worked below down on like the first floor and we would just have lunch and watch beck rehearse the black keys rehearse arcade fire fucking uh the the kids one direction you know like yeah it was just like oh i get it it was so fun it was so like that was the coolest. Those Thursday lunches were like I was like my life's stupid. Yeah, these are my. I love music more than anything. This is the coolest thing on the planet. What's the best concert you've ever seen? Oh shit! A best like I mean um that's Springsteen concert was pretty good. Uh, the one I saw him he played like down in Anaheim because he shit on Disneyland. I thought that was funny just to hear Springsteen be like, "Oh, Disneyland stinks," and I was like, "That's pretty funny." But like nothing will beat seeing the red hot chili peppers when i was a sophomore in high school in iowa like because i was like they're real people because they don't seem like real people until you can see them and that's that's when my older brother went into cool older brother mode yeah because he knows he's like chili peppers fans aren't tough you know and he's (coughs) wrestling in college and he's just like grab the back of my shirt and he just we're in the front row in like two minutes and it was so cool but like um emotion wise the national which you think would be kind of slow yeah those guys give it really they were they were super rad yeah that's it's funny because some bands like uh 
I thought Cold War Kids was going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And you get there and you realize, oh, they're a studio band. Right. And so they're all set, sitting in chairs. Yeah. I would, I, I'd say the first time I ever saw the Black Keys, they were doing Lollapalooza in Chicago and they were opening for the Raconteurs. And I, had, I didn't know who the Black Keys were, let alone that it was only two people. Yeah. And so when I saw two people making that much noise, I was like, this is bad. This, this is, this is cr fucking breaking my face right now. Yeah. Dude, I saw Billy Bragg. You know who he is? Oh, yeah. I mean, I Will, I know who yeah, Will. Yeah, I, yeah, Will, yeah, yeah, obviously. I saw Billy Bragg by himself, just an electric guitar and just fucking. Yeah. Halston's chomping at the bit. So what's your favorite fucking. No, 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 because Halston's a guitarist. Oh, yeah. And really into music. Best concert, Halston. Aerosmith. Really? Really? Yeah. Were you at the Home Depot when Steven Tyler took over the mic? No. I'm joking. Do you know he really did that? What? Home Steven Tyler was all fucking whacked out one time and at a Home Depot. He just started screaming, sing on, like dream on into one of their fucking... Shut Yeah. Up. And I, he, they let him sing like three songs and then he was in rehab like a week later. But. Oh, fuck. Wait, where did you see him? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I saw him at the Tacoma Dome. I was. It was just like I, I was prepared to go in there and just sing with him and just really be a fan. But I just stood there with my mouth open. Yeah, and I just like took it in. And the relationship between him and Joe Perry was was I felt magic, and I haven't really felt magic with too many artists. Sure, um, Aerosmith. Yeah, that's my favorite experience. Yeah. No, I get that. Drugs can add to it. I saw widespread panic one time at a campground. Drugs will add. To, drugs make everything great. And we all took mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took him, and my buddy, Obi, and his girlfriend, I think her name was Jenny, had just gotten back together, and they were talking for the first time, and we had all taken mushrooms. They all started to kick in. Widespread Panic was getting ready to start playing, and, and there's like 30 of us, and we all knew that they had had a rough breakup, and they go to talk, and they're like, give each other a hug, and I go, everybody, Obi and Jenny are back together. A wop, bam, a loom, a wop, <laughs> yeah. bam, boom. And all of a sudden, widespread panic starts playing. And we all run to the stage to go see. And a fucking, literally, and I, this could have been the hallucinogens, a night cloud. Like a cloud, it was a storm cloud is coming at us. But it looks like night is running at us. And I'm like, what the fuck? And that yeah. was one of the coolest fucking drug experiences I've ever fucking had. That's great. You know, I took mushrooms and saw. Have you ever? I don't. I doubt either of you guys have. This band, Cage the Elephant, puts on some fucking nuts live. I shows. love Cage the Elephant. Have you seen them live? Uh oh. Oh, it's next level shit. Really? Like, the guy is like the best front man going right now. And like, really, we took mushrooms and saw him. And like, he, you know, he's like. Climbs out into the crowd, stage dives. Like I saw him at Terminal Five, and he staged over off the second balcony, like crazy shit like that. Where it's yeah. like, whoa, man, this is dope. Like, but it's just like on shroom seeing that guy at Bonnaroo because I got to do Bonnaroo one time, and it was like the most fun. That's I like doing festivals because you get to just see all these bands. You're like, I don't know if I'd pay full ticket price for this band, but like when if you're there, fuck yeah, dude. Uh, this last time we saw Action Bronson at Clusterfest, mm -hmm. that was fun. We saw another. I saw, I saw Action Bronson at Sasquatch. I was backstage. He got off. You know how sometimes you think like a, like in between the end and the encore, they're probably doing a shot. Yeah. He ate a bowl of dumplings. <laughs> I was like, dude, man, you're eating dumplings? <laughs> he went into the crowd, lit a joint, 
and and just sat in one of the chairs in the thing, smoking the joint, singing his lyrics. Uh, Gave the mic to another guy. He sang his lyrics. It was great. But the coolest thing about that, which was like one of those like just re- re- revitalizing times in, in my life was John Stewart. This is recent. This was like a few months ago, maybe six months ago. John Stewart got up and did stand-up for like maybe 20,000 people. And he, dude, 20,000 people, everyone was silent and listening. And I was like, I'm sitting off to the side and someone's next to me and they go, that's how important stand-up is. Like, I mean, like maybe 10,000, maybe 5,000 people watch Action Bronson. Yeah. John Stewart, in the way where our country is, everyone's just on well, his every fucking word. I mean, he's like the Obama of that time. You know what I mean? Like, no offense to Trevor Noah, but Daily Show's not... You're not going to be what John Stewart was to the Daily Show. It's hard because it's it was his them, it was his show. Yeah. I'm I'm this is not no knock on him. I'm just saying John Stewart was <laughs> so he he just you just can't like the, that to just disappear like that when you show back up people are excited. Dude, and I think I think there's a big backlash of Americans not liking people with accents telling us about our political system. Well, I mean, I'm open for John Oliver and I say that's people go People love that fucking guy. Yeah. I love that guy. He's yeah, like yeah. one of my close buds who, when I'm really feeling down, he's like, you got to keep going, man. You know, like, yeah. but like, I don't know what, it, I think it's just like the, holding on to what th- was happening during the Obama, maybe. Like, I don't know. Cause he still has so much respect because he was John's, he took over for John Yeah, when John left for a little bit, Stuart. Yeah. And yeah. then went and did HBO. So I don't know what it is, but he doesn't have that. Also, he's not, maybe it is the fact that he's white. It's like, it's like, you know, I remember one time getting in a fight when they, when George W. Bush was getting elected the second time, mm-hmm. right? He got elected twice. Yes, he yeah. did. And so the second time he was running for election, I was at dinner and I thought this was going to be a bit. I didn't realize what a meathead it turned me into. And this girl was from, <laughs> I, did, I had one of these. I know what you're about to do, and I guarantee I did one too recently. Well, the girl said it was British, and she was just rage, raving on about our election and our president. And, and I said, why do you care? It's not your president. She goes, N-. shut up, Alexa. And she goes, why do I care? Why do I care? I go, you don't hear me sticking my nose into your. I don't know that one. Alexa, stop. I go. You don't hear me sticking my nose into your uh, your ele- your your election of your group of elders, whoever decides yeah, when Carnival will be. Yeah, yeah. And so she got really pissed, and then then you started realizing, oh, our election affects everybody. Sure. Yeah. And like Brexit's bad, but I I had a really I goofed up and needed to learn my spot because we're used to hanging out with comedians. Yeah. And I went um, with Grace one time to this the Streamies, which is. Uh, award show for internet creators and it's great and it's a huge platform and um but i'm used to everybody knowing everything i say is bullshit yeah and they were like donald trump's the president i go fucking right like yeah obviously joke in a room of 300 people who don't know who i am and you know i was her new boyfriend she's like really like don't you don't be a meathead that's not funny it's not and then Learning now, like, yeah, it's not funny. But like at the time, I was like, yeah, it'd be funny if I'm the one pro Trump guy here. Dude, I got, I got a, I got a big silent fucking, I got a big silent fucking reaction last night. I had a joke about, um, I about uh, my wife is the point is my wife didn't like the way I was responding to Trump's tweets. So my wife reads them in outrage, and I read them like a black guy watching a slam dunk contest. Like, sure. oh shit! I mean, that's. 
Yeah, and it's just tough. It like we can do it in L.A. and New York, but like here's what I learned when I headline: these people are want a fucking night off. Like, yeah. don't yeah, get yeah, into yeah. it because like I used to argue: there's two Trumps. Like, there's the one that is me, and you know, I don't if I'm alienating fans. I, I, it's, I've lost a bunch of followers just by doing this type of shit. But there's like the Trump that is mean and like. We are going to put kids in cages. We're going to separate them from their family. That is bad and and fuck everybody. And then there's also the Trump that is just stupid. Who's like, LeBron is dumb. The day LeBron opens a school. And I'm just like, that's the Trump that makes me laugh. Like, oh, the one yeah, that's yeah. like, come on, man. You can't call a guy dumb the day he opens a school. You bozo. Yeah. Like that's the, it's the, there's like a harmless one that makes me laugh. And then there is the bad one. Yeah. It's, uh, there is like, when he goes, uh, uh, clearly, SNL's been die, uh, dying since the day one. It's never. It's not funny anymore. It's never like when he comments like a regular human being. Yeah. I just giggle so hard. I'm like, you watch SNL? I thought you were a president, bro. No, that's yeah. It's a hundred percent when he, whenever he is, just kind of like uh, you're like, what are you doing, man? Come on, that's funny. Let me tell you, yeah, I I, I stay away from politics, but I, I will tell you, I have people that come to my shows that voted for him, and I have people that come to my shows that didn't. Oh, yeah. I learned that the hard way of like, oh, okay, I was doing great. And then, oh, what happened at the 28-minute mark? Yeah. And then I listened back. I'm like, oh, yeah, you talk about how you don't like Trump. And if you vote for Trump, you don't care if they like your show. Oh, yeah, it's going to alienate oh, 40% of this Because crowd. here's the common denominator. Every single one of those people liked you. That's they, just, they came in to see you. That's what I'm saying. I'm just alienating them. So now I just I talk about how my dad and I differ on political beliefs. That's fine. I think you can do that. I think you yeah, can, because I make fun of myself for mine. I make fun of my dad for his. Yeah. As as long as you own it and go, I believe, and say, you know, uh, you just have to you have you have to be rational, just rational. But even sometimes that doesn't work. I guess it's tough. But I've learned to like respect people who come to my show more than trying to be like a fucking crusader who's like i don't care if i do well i just want to say like because that's an, that's even more annoying so you look at the people online and you're like you're like man you're 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 preaching a lot of politics for a fucking 32 year old yeah i'm, I'm and i part of me goes like I'm, I'm 46 like like i get that you're passionate and that passion's awesome and that's what makes this country better but like but like one of the things I've learned is that you got to respect other people. You have to respect. That's my, that's what I talk about. I was like, I respect that my dad has a different opinion than me. Yeah. And he voted for someone else. My dad does not have that same feeling. No, no there's a, well, that's the other <laughs> That's what I mean. That, I'm like, that's what I say. I was like, you need to understand that there's different points of view are completely acceptable. As many people, we should wrap this up soon and get you out so you can go get some rest before your pitch. Sure. But, uh, but e equally amount of people, um, just understand why people do things. Nobody's. I, I feel like there's very few people who maliciously enjoy one way or the other. And no, I don't. I think, think there are. I think there are a, a great deal online. I think online's massively over. But I'm saying in general, the general population in the United States who general population who votes for Donald Trump, like, and they are just fucking told they're wrong. Like, oh, I just they're killed not this whole fucking keg myself. They're not being malicious. Is all I'm saying. They just. It's just. You know, there's, there's no maliciousness behind it. Is what I like to hope. Um, I think there's maliciousness on those far fringe followers. Exactly, that's what I mean. But that's yeah. like, I hope less than 2% of the United States. I think so. I think way so. I mean, you know, it's like when uh, the norm stuff went on, I looked and there were like 5,000 
um, people are tweeting about this. And then I looked, I looked the other day and then they were like, uh, some shit I didn't even know about, like something about Victoria's Secret, uh, 3,000 people were tweeting about, about some, I don't know, yeah. it was, I guess the CEO said something insensitive about transgendered uh, individuals. And then Stan Lee dies, and you're like, 52 million people are talking, you're like, yeah. oh, that's that's a big issue. Stan Lee, I, he played my dad in a, in a Disney cartoon that's still going on. Oh, for real? He's my character's dad. Yeah. His in, voice? In Big Hero 6, yeah, he looks like him and everything. For real? Yeah, so I was like, well, my cartoon dad passed away. Oh, but I never met him. We're never in the same room. But like, this is this is the level of outrage. Okay. Okay. Uh, album of the year, one hundred and nine thousand tweets. Ricky Skaggs, a uh, thousand tweets. Okay. Garth Brooks just performed on the CMAs mm-hmm. and did a tribute to the shooting victims. He's he's like gone crazy, right? I think he has. Uh, yeah, you asked the girl. But I like I like I like old Garth Brooks. Are you kidding me? Yeah, thirty seven hundred tweets. That's it. If you type in. Burt Kreischer, this is how many people are tweeting about me right now. Um, oh, never. 350 people are tweeting about me today. Do you ever go through that? Do you ever read that? Yeah. No, oh. no. Do I read tweets? No, I, I, I'll like read at mentions, but I'm not typing my own fucking name in. Oh, no, 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 that no, no, is, no. I learned that's, the, a, that's the dark. They used to have this thing called TweetDeck where you could type in your... Um, you could type in like different search engines and they come up in different angles. And I was like, oh, this is not fun. No. It was right when Birth Conqueror came out and someone's like, who's, I remember the, I remember the tweet. I bet I could fucking find this exact tweet and it, Burt Kreischer ass clown. And okay. he goes, who's this That's ass actually, clown? was that your first album? That's a pretty good album. It's not that bad. <laughs> That's not, not a bad. terrible album. Burt, let's see if we're tight. Maybe. But it's yeah, Bert. no, I learned like, I don't, I don't need to see anything, man. I, I'm already any anything that's like the, with the roast battles and stuff. They're like anything negative someone could say about me. I've said it way worse in my own head. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, I'm like I'm, sometimes they really know how to pair it up. I'm like <laughs> Jesus Christ, how did you know what I was thinking? No, that's what I'm saying. I already think these things. I don't need to be told. This uh, I'm seeing if it comes up right now. But this guy tweeted me. And I, when, it, when I had tweet deck and I was like, pull these fucking tweets down. This is horrific. I uh, I don't read. I'll read. I found it. You did? What did it say? Uh, Who, let me, I'm going to tell you what I remember it saying. Okay. Who the hell is this ass clown, Bert the Conqueror? What's the tweet say? Motherfuck that guy, Bert. He's an ass clown begging for publicity. Okay. Wait, wait when was this? Um... Uh, I don't know. 2013? It was an hour ago. <laughs> oh, 2016. That's pretty fucking recent. How often do you get ass clown? I don't know. That's I mean, twice, it's a, though. Solid. It, I don't mind ass clown. Like, if you, at least they know that you're a clown. By the way, fuck that guy. I am bu- I am looking for publicity. I want to sell tickets on my goddamn tour. I want people to know about me, you dumb fuck. Yeah, no, that's how... Fuck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reply to him now. I'm going to reply to... So it's Bert. That's that's how you win, Bert. Replying to negative things. That's God, by the way, I should have oh, never. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was a reply to a tweet that you made about Gene Simmons, and they were saying at Bert Kreischer, "Fuck Gene Simmons." Not they oh. were saying, "Fuck that guy, Gene." Simmons. Oh, not, so you and Gene Simmons both ass clowns. Yeah. Though. So I hope not. He's as really popular. He is. He's I think. I think I have fucking ringworm from Isla. You have, um, you have ringworm? I never even got ringworm. Group Isla got it. Um, Isla got a ringworm? Where's dude, she hanging out? Dude, it's the funniest fucking story 
I've been telling it on stage, so not to like s- sell my joke down the river, but and I, so I'll just save it. But I got okay. I got ringworm, and then proceeded to to purposefully give it to all of us. Oh, that's some, super contagious, and yeah, and I'm like, and fucking that's some keep an eye on her type <sighs> stuff. No, that's that fucking child. That is that child. That's some. Like, she thought it was so fucking funny. She was yeah. laughing so hard. Tag you now. You got it. Yeah, boy. But um. So so you've got the show on all things comedy. I got that show. I'm pitching a, pitching a show in the morning that I really hope sells about scripted, non scripted. Uh, I'm all about scripted. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I've got that all things comedy thing. I'm like, I already yeah. like traveling. That's fun. But yeah, I've always I moved to Los Angeles because of the show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like I that like I was like, if I go to New York, I'm going to go hardcore stand up. If I go if I get a job in LA, I'm going to hardcore trying to make it's always sunny. Yeah. So I've just been chasing that shit. And that, so yeah, scripted show, pitching tomorrow. I really like. Uh, and then if that doesn't go, I already have the next show. Just pitching TV shows. I just want to, I just want to make a show that I respect. And we talked a little bit about your girlfriend, Grace. But Grace, for those well, who we, know. We are, we're pitching a show together. Um, but we're not dating, but we're still friends now. Oh, really? It's all good. Like, yeah, she's like a person I really admire. She's She's great. amazing. She's amazing, yes. She, I did her podcast um and i'm sure it fucking helps oh yeah she oh, is she's, a beast. she's the best i really really admire her she, she helped me in f- more than anyone ever in in this lifetime probably that's fucking great she's an awesome person 100 percent. check her out grace helbig uh but I, I i but we've said grace like four or five times sure yeah yeah like, when we're pitching the show together she's she's the other lead in it oh really hmm that's fucking awesome. Yeah, she's great. Uh, but yeah, pitching that, and then yeah, just gonna just trying to do a new fucking hour, and then I got a podcast uh, about people's first jobs that you should be on if you ever want. It's I'd called love to. it's called Entry Level, uh, and it's just about all the all comedians. It's about the jobs that they had up until they got to quit. So like, because comedians are terrible at their jobs. That's like, a great. I, that's I, a great premise of just hearing about people's jobs bill burr has some fucking great i'd love to have money yeah i mean the thing is like if you want to be a stand-up comedian and you know it every job you've ever had has just been waiting until you could quit so it was like a million funny i quit stories it's great yeah like al madrigal had he fucked with the wrong cook joking with him and got a knife put on his neck one time, like Al didn't go mow this lawn because he got too high. So the old lady had her husband do it and he died of a stroke. And when oh. Al like came to the f- wake, like the lady goes, that's the boy. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's just oh, like there's so great. many. Are you doing it with All Things Comedy? Yeah, it's through All Things Comedy. And yeah, there's a million funny comedian stories just about how they were either fired or quit. Uh, Sean O'Connor's comes out this Monday and he got fired from Best Buy because he worked in the same town as Bon Jovi. And Bon Jovi's dad came in and wanted a new TV. And Sean O'Connor goes, quit being so gay. And like, they were like, you can't say that to Bon Jovi's dad, man. Quit being so gay. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, you know, like early 2000s. He's like, I don't know, man. Just stop being so gay about it. I don't know. Like, yeah. It's really <laughs> funny. So how long, how many episodes have you done? Like 55. It's It's got a solid catalog. It's a lot of SNL. I did most of the cast SNL. So it's nice. a bunch of fun guys like that. And then a bunch of comedians. Who I mean, not that they're not comedians. Dude, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, if anything, the one thing that inspires all of us are when good dudes, and I say us comics, sure, good dudes do well. And you know, I, I know, I, I know that I've gotten a lot of support in the community with mm-hmm. m- with my recent success, and it's because people go, man, it's I like a good hero story. 
You know, sure. they want to see, they want to, no one likes the fucking guy that gets everything given to him when he's 27. And I then mean, just, that happened to me. Yeah. It, yeah. And I got but, everything real quick. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I, and, and then it was taken away and that's when people fall in love with you and that's when you make your friends. Yeah. And then as you build yourself back up, that's when people endear themselves to you. And sure. I, I can tell you, I can tell you publicly and privately that, that when you went on stage that night in the belly room and I was like, oh, Brooks Whelan, I know that name. I think it was Segura with me maybe. And I love Tom. I remember seeing Tom open for Steve Byrne when I was living in Kansas City. And yeah. He's the one who taught me you can just lean against a wall. Yeah. He and still leans real, against I mean, If he, theaters had walls, he'd I'd be never seen a guy. I'd never seen a guy take as much time as him. And I, you know how I remember it the feature act from when I was 20, 12 years ago. Yeah. I remember the opening line. It took like a minute to get to it. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? What was his opening line? Do you he remember? He's like, you know, when you're... And I haven't even... I don't even know Tom. I just know this story because I saw it and it blew me away. And he's just like, you know when you're like hitting that crack pipe? And like that was just the opening line. I yeah. was like, this, is, this guy's hilarious. Shane Torres told me a line he said that made me fucking die laughing. And I probably butchered... I'm sure I butchered it. It was 12 years ago. But. No, no, no. But But... Tom and I were in the back, and Tom's like, oh, shit, Brooks is the guy. He got fired from SNL. And I was like, oh, I remember seeing that in the trades. Like yeah, going, I tweeted, fired from New York, it's Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like the biggest thing that happened on that show for me. Yeah, and 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 I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, he's legit fucking funny. That's really nice. We, we, we sat in the back. You were doing, I think you were doing Ari's storytelling show, maybe. Oh. Or maybe New Material Night. Those are the only times I ever go up yeah. there. Yeah. And it Not, was, nothing against the club. It's just when I get booked. It was fucking awesome. And I was like, dude, it makes you feel good about yourself because you're like, you know that when so someone can get knocked down and get back up, that I can get knocked down and get back up. Right. They're getting knocked down. And, so it's, you know, and I'll, I'll say this out of school, but it's part of the reason the comedy community will always have Rogan's back is he did that shit against Carlos and mm -hmm. said, this is bullshit. You don't steal. And everyone tried to take him down. His agent fired him. The store blocked him. He couldn't get anything, and he started his own podcast and worked his way back up. And everyone was like, "Fuck!" It's reason everyone loves Marin, man. Yeah, he he had all the deals, had the the heat when he was young. Fucking disappeared, got sober, popped back up, and all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Dude, everyone loves a hero story." And, and Brooks, I will tell you That's from my nice. mouth to your ears to God's ears, you are on your hero's journey. That's very and I kind. Can't wait to see where it ends, takes you. to. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I feel like I got a lot of respect after I put out my album. Listen to the album. It's called This Is Cool, Right? And it's like one long story. It starts with when I decided I wanted to start doing comedy and then ends with me getting fired. But in not a storytelling form. It's just yeah. like the math. I did the math and did it right. It's good. That's the thing. Like After I put that out, I was like, okay, I'm a comedian. It wasn't yeah. SNL. It was that album. So the check that out. It means a lot, Burr. And it's also cool to hang out here because like when I was 20, I just plugging, just pulling a fucking GameCube down to cedar rapids from iowa from iowa city to play games and then you taught me as a headliner then we can stop sucking each other's dicks that like oh the headliner can hang out and be friends with the staff like oh, that was yeah, they should <laughs> well but uh, that's not the case a lot it's of not. times it's definitely not and like realizing that i was like this guy's awesome i i didn't think you'd even make eye contact and you're like how does this game work and i was like this guy's great so either way cool you know small world dude i'm glad that our paths crossed then yeah and are 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 where they are now man congrats brother you too i'm excited for this new hour oh we'll see <laughs> yeah yeah we'll all see right. all right well thanks for having me bert <laughs> thank you brother
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.